Welcome back to another Sweet Talks podcast. Today, we got a very, very special guest, sex therapist, correct? Oh, yeah. Also on the radio, Mr. Sam Zia. Welcome. Sam Welcome Zia. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Zia right here. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, thank you for coming on. We, we, uh, we've been wanting this for a long time, actually. Julian actually brought this up. He was... Before we met Brent, um, he said we want a sex therapist on here, or some or like, type of counselor, some type of therapist. Yeah. Like, yeah. How, where do you, where, what would you like um, say you are? You're a licensed marriage counselor. Yeah, mar- a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm also trained in sex therapy. I'm studying for a PhD in human sexuality. Uh, just, and I have. Uh, training through uh, a lot of trauma work and stuff like that uh, i'm a considered a trauma specialist i work with the va people struggling with ptsd uh, and also sexual trauma damn oh, that's wow. crazy that's and i work with couples and stuff like that <laughs> normal <laughs> normal <laughs> mental health stuff oh that's cool what, what kind of schooling like training does it take to become something like that uh, just to get to be a licensed marriage and family therapist, you have to have a master's degree in either clinical psychology or, or social work. Uh, I have mine in uh, clinical psychology. Uh, and from there, I uh, went and got ASEC training, and uh, you get supervision with that. And now I'm going for a PhD in human sexuality at the uh, California Institute of Integral Studies. So trying to get as much uh and um, as much experience under my belt with this stuff as i can because at the end of the day if i'm going to help out the community i i this is ha- the way you got to do it be have as much artillery behind you as possible this is how you get it education how how long did you go to school for this and how long have you been do, uh doing what you do now uh masters took about two years uh wasn't that uh, didn't take that long it was uh it, the hard parts were just getting used to the fact that you're going to be sitting in a room with somebody yeah. and getting getting comfortable with yourself in that situation. Uh, but, yeah, that was two years. Not too bad. Uh, obviously, the four years, well, for me, it took a lot longer than four years of undergrad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then now this Ph.D. program, it's two years of academic work and then uh, get my dissertation and they give you up to seven years for that. And Man. so it's a, that's going to be the big you know, the big part of it for me is getting that dissertation in. What made you like want to become a therapist? Were you like always good at listening to people or and giving advice or? Uh, I, I really, I, my, my mom's a psychoanalyst and I never, oh, okay. re- I was always a, a radio guy. I love doing uh, like live radio and podcasts and stuff like that. So that's where my heart always was at. But I also saw how much benefit and how much reach people had from that position. If you, you know, you have a microphone, you talk to a lot of people. And I was like, you know what, if I have one person with one problem sitting on me on a couch, I can help that one person. But say if somebody calls and has a problem that a lot of people have, I can give a lot of people some help just by answering one person's question. So That's that true. was kind of the approach that I had and uh, the reasoning behind it. Yeah, that's what we try to do, but we get a lot of, like, shit for it. (laughs) Yeah, we're not therapists, that's why. (laughs) Yeah, you got a whole bunch of different personalities in here, and we just kind of clash heads for it. 
Yeah, we kind of just say what we want. Sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong, whatever. But you said you loved like radio. You did something for Playboy too. You hosted a show on there. Yeah, back in the day, I hosted a show called The Couch on Playboy Radio. Uh, also, when they were uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the casting couch. Uh, well, no, it's more of a therapy couch. It was me uh, with another uh, licensed marriage and family therapist who's a doctor, a sexuality expert. Uh, also a, a acro yoga specialist. She's awesome. And a dating relationship expert. And it was us three tackling one person's relationship or sex problem. And you're getting it from three different perspectives, oh, three shit. expert perspectives. Damn. That's fucking crazy. So like nobody was naked though? <laughs> oh, it was Playboy. Well, back in the day uh, when it was on Sirius XM, the shows that I worked and uh, produced and co-hosted back there were uh, a lot of nudity. Uh, I've held microphones to various. Uh, I don't know how. I, I don't know how <laughs> dirty you, you, you can, can get. get yeah, you yeah. can say oh, whatever you want. Okay. Uh, at, I held a microphone to a squirt contest Hey, that sounds fun Was it interesting? It was very interesting Did it, I, did it fuck up the equipment? <laughs> uh, no, I was good at actually making sure that the equipment didn't get damaged that was, uh, Part of the job of being a good producer is making sure the equipment doesn't break <laughs> So, so uh, you had to like just hold it from a distance? Uh, yeah, yeah you, uh, And there was... There were so many things that happened that that story alone is like the run of the mill thing. What's the craziest story you have from working wait, at Playboy? Wait, wait. Oh, jeez. Wait, so <laughs> wait, 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 wait. One, uh, uh, one that doesn't involve, and forgive me for saying, one that uh, <clears throat> at the end of if somebody's birthday, then one of the shows would always bring a cake in, and one of the porn stars would sit on the cake, and people would eat the cake off the ass. Uh, that was ooh. that was like a regular occurrence. That wasn't anything out of the ordinary. So there was people like, oh, it's her birthday today. Well, like, there, when we somebody saw a cake coming in, then everyone's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, but there, but beyond that, there was uh, you know one of the uh, porn stars uh, uh, who actually wants to write the forward on a book that I want to write, uh, uh, and the word she's only going to write one sentence. Everything in this book is true, um, but she wanted uh, to see how many Jolly Ranchers she could fit inside of her, with the goal being shooting them out at a target. No. Oh wow! Now that's she could do that with ping pong balls. She wow. shoots balls she, out of her vagina. Yeah, she uh, she didn't realize that. Like, what happens if you have a jolly like one Jolly Rancher in your mouth? What happens if you have two? And they get, stick together, yeah. right? <laughs> oh my god! What gosh. happens if it's against your cheek? It sticks. It sticks to your cheek. The inner lining of a woman's vagina is similar to the inside of a mouth. It's stuck <laughs> to her pubic bone. And we literally had to deliver a Jolly Rancher baby. Oh, my. There was, there was 12 of them there. And well. we named it JR. Okay. <laughs> JR? Why JR? Jolly, Jolly Rancher. Rancher. Oh, shit. <laughs> Junior? <laughs> now, the thing is, it's not like I'm saying any secrets. All of this stuff happened on the air. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Wait, so afterwards, when you guys delivered JR... Did like any? Did anybody lick it? No, no. no. I took a picture of it. I have it somewhere. Oh, oh my god! You you have a picture it. of little Jr. <laughs> hey, it was his birthday. Wait, so got it. <laughs> and then I'm assuming the cake came after, right? Uh, yeah, at some point. Yeah, at some point. Yes. No, so as a producer, are you coming up with 
these ideas or are people bringing them to you and no just like, no hey, let's do it no no the porn stars themselves at that a producer at that point is just making sure the levels are right and microphones are where they need to be uh <laughs> they carry the show they do whatever they want oh and so at that point it's like you just go with it at that point you do, it's their show you have to make it sound right <sighs> wait so how does a squirting contest like come to be uh, that's something that the porn stars came up with. They're just like, they're like, let's just go for it. And I'm like, wow. okay, wait, can you come over here and hold a microphone to it? Because you got to hear this. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Did anyone ever want to start like a queefing contest? Yes, that oh happened as well. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that happened as well. So do you think we got crazier like <laughs> with, with age or we were more crazy back then? terms of like the porn industry oh uh, it, it's shifted and it's oh, especially since the internet killed it uh really? the internet made it so that the money wasn't there for and the stars weren't being celebrated the same word that they were when they were on film it was like there's a lot more uh there was a more of a mystique behind it and that mystique went away with the internet now there was more money making potential directly to the artists from the internet and it took the pandemic for a lot of them to figure it out because a lot of them were just comfortable with getting the money from the industry from the production companies and they were cool with that and then uh, some of them adopted the webcamming and stuff but once that pandemic hit the game changed and everybody got themselves an OnlyFans yeah OnlyFans yeah. changed the game mm -hmm. for sure it did so yeah. would you consider OnlyFans people as porn stars or not necessarily it depends uh, it it's not my place to put that label. It's theirs. If they want to be a porn star, they can call themselves a porn star. What they are doing is a sexual act that is on a camera. If they want to call themselves that, they can do it. If it's a person who's worked in a production company who is long known as a porn star and they're webcamming, they are a porn star on a webcam. But really, it's at the end of the day, it's just how people want to it's just their job. It's you what, know, they it's what they want to, how they want to feel about themselves as they do it. If they want to have, if it makes them feel sexy, having that image of themselves as a porn star, then by all means, ride it. Speaking of porn, do you think that it ruins relationships? Romantic comedies do more to ruin relationships than porn. What? Wait, romantic comedies. Wait. I, I love rom-coms. Why, why do you say that? They set up false expectations of what real realistic relationships look like they make it so that like how many of these movies these romantic comedies have you seen where there's a guy who's like if i only do this and try hard enough the person who's been ignoring me this whole time is finally going to realize that i love them True. you want to know what that's called in this world fucking stalking <laughs> <laughs> if a person says no back the fuck off <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's the thing. Hey, it, that's no true. Means, they no. set these unrealistic expe expectations of what ideal relationships are, and they make it seem like if there's any struggle or conflict in a relationship, like that's a sign of something hugely wrong and that they need to make some kind of grand change. And it's like sometimes these arguments are the things that make it so that we build the right communication patterns with each other. Yeah, sometimes course. we yeah. need to have those moments. And what happens with a lot of these romantic comedies is that they make those moments seem like they are not a part of a healthy relationship when a lot of times they're, they're necessary. They, they, you, they are unfortunate sometimes when arguments come up, but the stronger relationships are ones that know how to use that as a building block. That's true. So what, what's your view like on does rom-com fall under the same thing as like TikTok where you see like these guys buying their girls a bunch of flowers and 
bunch of chocolates and stuff like that. Because we've talked about this before where we think like, you know, the girls see that and they, they'll look at their boyfriend and be like, damn, why can't you do something like this? Yes. Uh, it, it, it's not so much that. it get, That's something that I'm okay with because it gives people inspiration to not let romance die in a relationship. A lot of times we get too complacent where we're like, she's going to be there. We're like, no matter, like that person is always going to be there and we take them for granted and we don't do anything to keep the relationship fresh. A lot of times the stuff that we see on TikTok is really cool because it gives us ideas and ways that we can turn ideas that make it so it's personal that we can come up with to make the other person feel special and feel wanted and happy. Because that's as much a part of a, a good relationship as anything is the not getting complacent and always trying to keep the grass watered. Like, Watering the grass is, what I mean by that is by tending to the needs of the other people, reminding them not just through words, but through actions. This is how I care about you. Yeah, that makes sense. How do you Mm -hmm. keep a relationship fresh then for like a long term? Little things like that. Buying flowers if that's what they want. And pay attention to what the partner's uh, quote unquote love language is. What their needs are. How they express it. Some people may not like gifts as part of love. Some people love having gifts and that's the only way they know how to receive love. So you have to find someone how, how they love, what their style is, and then try to (laughs) bend how you love in a way that fits with them. Now, the ones that are really good that have like totally uh, compatible love skills and love language, you don't, they, they don't have to put as much work into it. But sometimes a lot of people are like too, hung up on the idea of I have to just, you know, this is what a man is supposed to do. And like by being a man, that means, you know, like I'm not supposed to like really, you're supposed to cater to my needs and not, I'm not supposed to cater to yours. And it's like the only way you can keep a woman happy is by making sure you're tending to those needs, even if they're small ones. Like mm-hmm. take the time, find out what those needs are. Don't, don't be afraid to ask. It doesn't make your dick fall off to find out what <laughs> makes your woman happy. True. True. That is very <laughs> true. Should you ask them how many people they slept with? Is that an important question when getting into a relationship? What do you? What's your take on That's that? That's a. It, it depends on the couple and the dynamic of the couple. If there's a re- strongly religious couple, then for them, like one more than me is too much. I'm not gonna criticize people's. Uh, motivation for wanting to have or wanting to question how many partners somebody has. They're going to have different motivations for that. Personally, it's nobody's business because everybody's history is the thing that led them up to the moment that they're there with you in that moment. So you think that that question shouldn't even be asked at all? It, it's the, it can be asked. If you are serious about the person, then the answer isn't important. Yeah, I yeah personally, that. I don't really give a fuck. And think, yeah, yeah, and think about that. think about the impact of asking that question. Now yeah. the person you ask that question to is going to be like, "Is he judging me?" Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, you what do you think? Yes, what I do you think? Well, honestly, I feel like. <sighs> be yeah. honest. Be no, I would. I would honestly like if they asked me, I would think, "Fuck, are they judging me?" Exactly. Right? That's the thing, and at that point, it's like it may not cause too much friction within the relationship, yeah. but it causes just enough of a thing within somebody's mind where they're like, "Am I too much? Like, am I too much of a man whore?" 
yeah. Am or I, even girls too. Exactly, yeah. and that's the thing. And I'm only speaking from my perspective, but with from I'm sure from women's perspective, they get slut shamed. Yeah. Hard, yeah, yeah way more sure. than guys, yeah. way sure. more like guys. Uh, like the higher the number, it's almost like high fiving each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, where with a lot of, and it's not so much like within women themselves; it's within the expectations from society putting on women about the guilt about how many people that they've been with, yeah. and that sucks. Yeah, I yeah, like you said, fucking guys are high five about it, but I feel like when a girl would ask me, like, and I'm really trying to pursue her, I'm taking her serious. I'm like, fuck, should I actually tell her the truth or do I lie? Like, should you lie about that, do you think? The best answer is always the truth. Always. always. Because if they can't accept you for being transparent, then they can't accept you. Yeah. I mean, and if it's one lie, that becomes part of the foundation. If they can't accept you, that lie is part of the foundation of that relationship. And everything that gets built forward in that relationship is on that foundation yeah yeah and one like can fuck it up yeah <laughs> well could, and that's the thing it's like at uh, in order to cover that lie a lot of times what do you have to do keep lying exactly lying. and that's the problem <laughs> yeah, lying. You gotta yeah, keep lying. Yeah. and if it starts and off as something small and stupid Ooh. one small stupid lie can escalate into years um, yeah. of a lie becoming a big <laughs> ugly problem that once that lie gets turned out then it's like I just spent years of a relationship with you, and I don't even know who the hell you are. Have you Wait, seen that in counseling? Seen I've seen that, yeah. And yeah. does it turn out ugly, or like, do they usually work it out? If they are capable of communicating the truth and being like, this is why I felt compelled to not be honest with you. If they can make it so that they fall on the sword, like they've sacrificed and say, this is me, I did that, and I'm sorry. Yeah. If they can come out and tell the truth mm -hmm. after getting caught, instead of trying to double up with more lies. <laughs> oh, <shit. Double> up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Double hey. down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if and you, have you seen that? Like, oh, yeah. You know, the you know he's fucking lying or she's lying. And yeah. You're just sitting there like watching him lie. Well, no, I don't have to watch them. They know. They oh, know. Yeah. They can tell. And it's like they'll come to me like we had issues this week. And they'll tell me all about the issue. And it's like all because one person knows and the other person's lying. Damn. So it starts. Small. So do you feel so do you feel like it, everything would be so much better if you just tell the truth the first time? It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be with the person you're telling the truth to. But do you have a chance of getting her back? <laughs> yeah. At that point, if you give them the truth, it's up to them whether they want to come back. You can try to sweet talk them, but hopefully you're using more truth to sweet talk them. But if the reality of you is not enough, then you need to recognize that. Yeah. Like it's it's like me sitting there like trying to sweet talk like uh, Angelina Jolie or something, somebody who's like super gorgeous, super hot and everything. It's like, you know what? It, at some point, the realization is going to have to click in. You are uh, we are not in the same league. <laughs> We, you're way better than me and you should be shooting for way better people. And I have to recognize that if I'm not the, the truth about me isn't good enough to match the kind of person I'm aiming for, then I need to actually reevaluate myself. Cause if everything about me is based off of a lie, everything's going to be seen through. Yeah. Everything is going to become transparent at some point. And at that point it makes it so that 
the breakup process becomes like this big thing of like you were lying to me the whole time and I don't even know who you are and then it just becomes nasty and bickering and I hate breakups that end like that. So have you ever seen someone come out with the truth after a long time and their relationship grow because yeah, of that? absolutely. Because they had enough respect at some point to be honest. Yeah. Like it's not like they – and it's one thing if they get caught and then, be on, and then tell the truth. That, I, it, that is like, okay – it took somebody getting caught before you to tell the truth. But thank you for telling the truth. Yeah. There are people who get caught and Not keep bad. doubling down on the lie. And that's the problem. And that's the problem. Yeah. And there are people, if they are honest, like I did this before it even comes out and I needed to tell you. Then it's like you're giving me all of the respect I need. You're, yeah. you're respecting me. Maybe you've made that mistake or you may not even view it as a mistake, but you made that decision and you had enough integrity and enough respect for me to come to me and tell me the truth. I'm, I, I, I may want to, I can't, I can't hate <laughs> on that. I, I, it, I may be pissed off at what happened, but I'm not going to be mad at them at that point. Yeah. I, I got to respect that, you know? And I've been in that personal situation where people have been honest with me about cheating on me afterwards. Like I kind of suspected and then they're like, yeah, that's what happened. And then there are people who double down on lies. <sighs> and then it's like, yeah, you get no respect because you were it's not so much the act of cheating, it's the lies that come up with it and the insulting of the intelligence after it's been caught. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, uh relationships can be salvaged from lies and cheating, but it has to start with transparency and honesty. Yeah. It, like and if you want to make it so that you don't fall down that pit hole, or that that rabbit hole, or into that uh, was that, that pothole. Just tell the truth. Tell the truth. Just be all, like, if you are okay with yourself, whoever you're with and whoever you're shooting at, if they're not okay with you, fuck them. You don't need them. Yeah, it's been yeah. real, true, true, real true. shit right if here. You fucked up. Shit. You fucked up. You yeah. fucked up. You gotta let it go. Yeah. Uh, just accept you. You said you've been in a room where there's two people, and you, like, let's just say one person knows the other person is lying. Yeah. So why do some people stay with the cheater? Familiarity. What do you mean by that? You you become fami so familiar with the person that you can't imagine life without it. Like the other the everybody says the grass is always greener on the other side. People who are in those relationships can't see the other side. They, they are terrified of what's on the other side. It's like, well, the grass may be greener, but there may be a, a lion or a tiger or something out there that might eat me alive. And while this situation might be destructive, it's comfortable. So would you recommend that that person stays or they try to get to the other side? Get to the other side. How do they do that, though? Yeah. That, uh, uh, that term that I, I use, uh, the, it's destruction but comfortable. Comfortable destructiveness that right there is like the definition of depression where you're sitting on a couch you know what you have to do to feel good but the only thing that you want to do is just sit on the couch and just stare at the tv you know that getting up and doing anything else will make you feel better yeah. but the voice in your head sitting there saying you don't need to get up you don't know what's out there yeah uh, something good right here. yeah exactly something something dangerous could be out there something scary could be out there you don't know what's out there however right here next to me safe and the thing is depression doesn't lie they're not telling they don't tell you the whole truth but it always plays on things that are facts 
if you want to sit on that couch, yeah, it feels good. You're tired. You want to rest. But you know that, you know, a, a little enough rest is good, but too much makes it so that we're just stagnant. We're not going anywhere. That's depression. And that's the thing is that people get so comfortable in that destructiveness and that cycle that they can't see themselves taking that step. They can't see themselves getting off that couch. It's like, uh, how many of you have that old beat up hoodie? That you just don't want to let go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got that one. That's the thing. It's an that it's an old beat up hoodie that feels good. It's familiar, but you it's barely serving as a hoodie anymore. It's got holes in it. It's Shit not smells. Yeah, exactly. So you need to get a new hoodie. You need to do something different, and that's the point. Is that you need to be able to, for people stuck in that situation. I always recommend, get up, do something, get out. If if you can tell this relationship isn't the right way, then what are the steps that need to be taken for you? to safely get out. And that's, at the end of the day, I, I, what I would hope somebody would do. Uh, and the relationships, and I always say this, relationships, sometimes the best ones, are the ones that know when to end. Damn, Damn wow. that's deep as fuck right there. Hey. This is the most crazy, this is real <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, this is deep. This is like, well, we've had relationship experts on this show, but like, damn, you're like a real expert, dog. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like, you, so what you're saying, like, relationships that end right are yeah a good one so if you went through like a, a year of like just having fun with your significant other but like shit's going down the wrong road now would you suggest you know what let's take our separate ways now well it depends uh it depends on what that relationship is built on if they're uh, it if it looks like they are going down a path where they're just they had their fun and that's it then you can part ways with both the, with both people being like, yeah, there's nothing more than we had already and yeah. just walk away. But if there's something more to it, a lot of times after a, a summer of fun, what ends up happening? You have a kid. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> then, then the walking away process becomes a little bit more dicey. And you have to find ways to make it so that, I mean, if you have that situation, how to walk away and make it so that you're not wanting to destroy each other on the way out because you have a kid. So do you think it's better for people to uh, date just for the experience or like date for marriage? Depends on what their motivation is. I would say dating for experience is great, but it's also something that makes it so that if you're so locked into it, if your ultimate goal is for marriage, then you may just get kind of tied into the experiential thing. Like I want to yeah. experience more and more and more. And a lot of times unless you can find somebody who is willing to explore with you, it's really hard to do that. Yeah, but aren't mm -hmm. you like hurting the other person too if you're doing that? Yes. So, but, so you, uh, so you got to live with hurting other people? If you're well, you gonna... have to walk away at that point. If mm -hmm. you know that what you're doing is hurting someone else, you got to walk. <clears throat> but wouldn't that hurt them by walking away from them if they wanted temporarily, to stay with you, right? Temporarily. Uh, it's it's the hard part of yeah, leaving someone. Uh, part, it's part of the reason why a lot of people don't break up is because they don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. And that fucking sucks. Think That's about, fucked up. Well, no, and think about that. Yeah. You have two people who don't want to hurt each other's feelings. How long of a relationship are they going to have before they, one of them finally says, you know what, I can't do this anymore? They could go 20 years. <laughs> Damn. They could go a long time being polite to each other back and forth and ignoring every one of the red flags and every one of the problems in the relationship just because they may like the stability, the familiarity, but they also 
they're just not taking the step. They're not, they just, something is keeping them from wanting to walk away and explore and, and find themselves or have the, have enough time or, and not be afraid to communicate with their partner about what their needs actually are to see if maybe the other partner actually wanted to do the same thing the whole time as well. That's true. That's true. Because I feel like communication is like, well, I mean, what I mean is like, uh, say if somebody wanted to explore having an open relationship Uh and one partner in the, in the couple, but both of them are too timid about approaching that subject. It'll, they could go decades before one of them says, you know what, something I've always wanted to do is have a third person involved. And then the other person's like, oh my God, this is what I've been wanting to do this whole time, but I've been too polite and too afraid to say something. Wait, so how, how could you even bring that up, though? That's part of the community. Without insulting the yeah, other like, person. Because like, like what, we said, uh, you don't want Wanting to bring a third part, part, partner <laughs> yeah. in? Yeah, yeah. How do you like, bring like that a up? Because like obviously, like, let, let's say like I'm with a girl right now, and we've been together for however long, like three years, whatever. Right? Has she ever expressed any interest in having a, like, say, if, you, if, she, if your thought is bringing another woman into Okay, it's scene. not me. I'm just saying. Well, no. I'm, okay, <laughs> scenario, if your friend is thinking of bringing another woman into the <laughs> scene. In trouble. <laughs> no, I'm just saying in general, it, like, let's say there's a relationship, two yeah. people, right? But you're, like, like you said, you're scared to hurt the other person's yeah. feelings. Is it okay to bring that up? Absolutely. Ask, like... That'll fuck me up. Yeah. It's well, like, no, that, it's, it's like a playful important. way. Well, it's no, like a playful way to bring Well, it's up. not... You don't have to be playful. Yeah, it's you like, can, right? You just straight you just up? Like, just say, like, it's always been a fantasy of mine to do this. And <laughs> oh. if the other person says, me too, great. If not... Then you're like, okay, it's just a fantasy. Me too. I want another Wait, guy. So I'm just, oh, I'll put this out here. I think yeah, if my girl that, came though. up to me or something and was like, hey, I've always had a fantasy of bringing another guy in this situation. Okay. I would kind of be like, that's cool. Get that's the fuck not out of com- here. That's not compatible with you. Uh, yeah, I'd be like, okay. I don't know. And you're allowed that. to say no. That's yeah. the thing. Every, people are allowed to ask and people are allowed to say no. Yeah, but you don't, but they don't make me I'll think. think yeah. yeah, who have you been staring at to <laughs> fuck them too? Well, that's part of their past. Obviously, they're looking, if they're with you and they are serious about you, all of that stuff led to that point. But also, they know that that's probably not part of the dynamic between you two. If they have to ask after a certain amount of time, do you want to bring someone else into here? That means that you haven't been communicating well about the boundaries of the relationship from the beginning. Okay, okay, I see that. Okay, okay I yeah, see that. Okay. Like, so put your foot down in the beginning. Don't be afraid to express it. And if it's something that's not a deal breaker for you, if it's like, you know what, I want to have an open relationship, but I really like you and I don't care if I have other people, so either way works, then... That's fine. You can make that sacrifice. You don't have to say, I'm, I want to have a three-way. I'm perfectly happy with what I have here. However, there are couples that go their entire lives saying, I want to have an orgy, or I want to get into BDSM, or I want to do all of this different stuff. And they've been too, they've been shamed out of, the, out of asking their partner. Wait, what's BDSM? Bondage. Is it? Yeah. Uh, bondage, <laughs> domination, uh, sado, uh, sadomasochism, all that fun stuff. It's the uh, whips and chains, all oh, of that. Okay. That's just kind of <laughs> oh, my, so the freaky stuff. Uh, the, uh, my dissertation is going to be on that topic and the impact it has on uh, PTSD in combat veterans. Oh, wait. Wait, what, what do you mean by that? Like the combat veterans like BDSM? Uh, well, the don't? ones that do, do they get a sense of symptom relief from their PTSD? From that, oh shit! Damn, 
I well because so really obviously the, they were in combat, right? So yeah. it makes them feel good. Yeah. Well, because there's also existing studies that talked about PTSD from sexual trauma, and they put them in situations and in scenes where uh, that were similar to where they the trauma they experienced, but put the power back in their hands. So that they were able to control the situation mm. and make it so that they can have power again, where power had been taken from them. Oh, so they like being the the dominant one. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be dominant. It, it could be on either side. Oh, damn. Some people like being submissive. Uh, some people have, are used to having so much control in their life that this offers them an opportunity to finally let go and not have control. Oh shit. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what PTSD at the end of the day is control being taken away from somebody so that they could, they had no impact on what was happening around them and they had to just survive. And then whenever that kind of thing happens, people put up their guard. And especially if you're in that situation for a prolonged time, the defense goes up. And once you're removed from that situation, the defense never comes down. And that's what PTSD is. Mm. And that's crazy. That's sad. Oh, shit. Yeah. So going back a little bit, right? Like going back to you be, being in front of all these porn stars and the Playboy and all that, <laughs> right? Do you feel like... Uh, I don't even know how to put this. Just okay. Be I, direct. Yeah, be direct. Okay. <laughs> it's communication. Said, be yeah. direct. Like, <laughs> do you... Uh, I'm with a professional right now. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, wait, first off, did you ever meet Hugh Hefner? Uh, no, I went to the mansion while he was still alive, but I never actually had a chance to meet him. Everybody else I worked with met him. At the, at the mansion, was there like, how was it? Was there just like a bunch of like naked girls or like, is that just like... No, there were naked bunny? girls there, uh, but uh, there were also clothed women there. Oh, uh, you've been bricked up before in front of everybody. Huh? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's ever been bricked up? You've been bricked up before in front of everybody? Like, oh, jeez. Uh, no, no, because at that point it would be like... the way. It, well, no, not unprofessional. Everybody else around them is. Have you ever? Oh, <laughs> everybody's okay. bricks. And yeah. I, so I, I don't want to be one of the mystery bricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like a questionable boner. <laughs> a boner in the shape of a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and the head's the dot. <laughs> so, I mean, you would go to the Playboy house, what, every... I, I'd been there, there once. I had oh, gone there time. one time. And it was for a... a, a a corporate party that they were throwing there. Oh, how, how uh, was the party there? I amazing, know. amazing. It was just awesome. Uh, they they threw a huge party, stage, concert, live music, what? everything. Uh, I got in the grotto. <laughs> you got in the grotto? I got in the grotto. Uh, there was a glow-in-the-dark football that was there at the end of the night, it's and I went and pool. I grabbed it. I still have that football. <laughs> so for the... For the for the people that don't know, what's the grotto? It's a like a cave where they have a hot tub. Okay. And it's a very nice hot tub. Badass. Wait, how was the girl to guy ratio there? Was it like way more girls? Uh, the women were wearing far less clothing than the men, but oh the ratio gosh. was a lot to a little. Uh, <laughs> a oh. lot of men were sitting and observing and like, oh my God, I, I only see this oh. stuff in porn. And the women were like, this is the grotto. <laughs> they were sitting because they had a bump. we are going to take a break from this podcast and we're going to have a word from our sponsor ship, ship station. station absolute best right there are how many times have we fucking talked about ship station like a million and why do they keep coming back because people like you guys keep fucking using the code you, you guys, guys are, are business having minded success with future it. 
billionaires. That's what I'd like to see. Future that's billionaires. Like that's what our landlord tells us. He does tell us that. It's crazy. Tell them why ShipStation is the best, though. What do they do? So ShipStation, it basically puts everything into one UI, user interface, for those of you guys that don't know. Yeah, for, you if go. you do e-commerce. So if you have stuff from Etsy, Amazon, or Shopify, your own website, basically what it does is it puts all the orders into one interface so that it's just so much easier for you to manage. Way easier. And it's going to find you the best and lowest best. shipping rates because that's important. If your shipping rates are too high, you're you're basically fucking yourself. You're, you're fucking... We, we did it. When we first did our merch, it fucking sucked. I think yeah. we ended up losing like $2,000 because we picked the highest shipping rate and we weren't using ShipStation like complete dumbasses. Why would you guys want to pay more for shipping if you don't have to? Exactly. Like a jackass. Shipping is probably one of the most complicated things. So if you use ShipStation, it literally takes away the headache, the drama, the baby mama, fama, the llama. It takes away all that shit. So that is why you go to ShipStation.com today and you sign up with promo code SWEET for a free. How much does that cost? Free. I think free, it's free. It's free 99. There you go. 60 day trial. That's six zero. Six that, zero? That's fucking amazing. You guys are dumbasses. 60 if you don't days use or this. six days? S 60. Oh, so like two months. Like two months. Oh, you you can make shit happen right Shit. There. If it was January and February, it'd be like two in like 228ths of a month. Like, yeah, you're right about that. What the fuck? So start today and get up before the biggest shipping season of the year. That's true because Christmas is coming up. Yep. And Come on. That's huge. Black Friday is coming up. Thanksgiving. We know a lot of fucking people who do e-commerce and they get very, very rich. They are during Black Friday. Right now. During I, Black Friday. You know what? Even if you don't even fucking sell anything, just use ShipStation because it's free. 60-day trial. That's two months free. Visit ShipStation.com. Click the little microphone at the top and type in code SWEET. That's two months free. Visit ShipStation.com and click the microphone at the top and type in code SWEET. And back to the rest of this podcast. You had a question? Yeah. I wanted to ask, has any of like the porn stars been like to you like, hey, fuck it, just join in? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the one guy I think who's ever been kicked out of an AVN party for fucking. Oh, what? Shit. I was in the bathroom with the girl that I was with at the time. We were together. It's not like I was like with a porn star, and I think that was probably what was bothering because there were porn stars <laughs> that were actually fucking in the same place, just outside in front of everybody. Yeah. And it was at a, it was one of the after hour parties, not like in public. <laughs> okay, it was okay. one of the hotel rooms and stuff. And so me and the girl I was with, we were just feeling it. We went into one of the bathrooms, privately had a moment. As soon as we got out, security booted us. They said you can't be doing that. I'm like, but they're doing it right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, are you kidding me? Uh, but yeah, no. I, Come on, let me get I, my shit off. I, I think part of what <laughs> I, I think a part of what, like, I guess the reputation I have with porn stars is the fact that I've, I've never tried to do anything with them. Oh, oh so I, really respectful. Well, it's not just being respectful. respectful. That's their job. Yeah. And everybody, like everybody that they encounter, and I, I learned this from them hanging out with them at like porn star karaoke stuff like that, but. Every person that they encounter thinks that they want to fuck them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't. That's their job. They make money doing that. Yeah. that they don't want to go and fuck. Uh, some people like fucking fans. That's their own thing. But most people just want, they look at it as a business. That's what I make money with. That's what I, that's how I, it's a job. So uh, the furthest I think I've ever gone was I, I had a snuggle 
with a porn star. And it was because they didn't want me to be alone after a, a, a night where some uh, sad shit happened. Uh, like mutual friends had some really bad stuff happen. So like, you shouldn't be alone tonight. And we ended up just like having a snuggle all night. And that was it. That's now, nice. That, that's cool. That's Were you a, gripping on anything? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but the thing is, at the end of the day, it's up to them if they want to fuck you. So there's a lot of people that go to, like, say, the AVN show or to XBiz or one of these conferences. A lot of people, like, there are certain people that are very respectful, but then a lot of people are, like, super disrespectful because they think immediately that these women want to fuck them. And if not, well, fuck them. They fuck everybody anyway, so they suck. And it's like they... Uh, they forget that they're fucking human and that oh, this is their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess yeah. It is their job. Like they yeah. come at them like, hey, I'm trying to fuck. Yeah. Man. And then you're Don't like, oh, you're here. a fucking yeah. hoe anyway. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. And, and I found out no. after the fact that there were a couple of porn stars that like we really wanted to do stuff. And I was like, well, why didn't you tell me then? One person, <laughs> one, one, one person thought she did something with me. What? But it, she didn't. It was with somebody else, and it was because we all we, it was a, a, during a Halloween party, and this guy showed up dressed as a flasher. He had a, a disguise on his face. She thought that was me, and it wasn't. And she ended up like hooking up with the guy, and then like two, three weeks later, we were hanging out. She's like, "Why are you acting so cold to me?" And I'm like, "I, I didn't know I was acting cold. What's going on?" Well, we hooked up the other, a couple weeks ago, and then he just didn't hit me up ever since. I'm like, "We didn't hook up." What the? And she was oh, like, shit. she thought oh it was. Gosh. She thought it was me. It was someone she else. She was fucking. Wow. She thought she was fucking. That. So I spiritually had sex with the porn star, but not actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. I mean, for me, it's like almost like I'm humbled by that. It's like yeah. they they do that for a living, and everybody else fixates on them. So if they want to do that with me, I'm like, wow. Okay, thank you. That's really nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> And I, speaking of getting oh, bricked no. up, right, does the brick size matter? It depends on what the woman gets off on. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Some women, uh, everybody, women are snowflakes. <laughs> Everyone's different. Everybody, everybody so gets off on like different a, things. Some girls like a bigger brick. Some women don't want any brick. They want a they want fingers? No, they want, they want a mouth. They want hands. Uh, they want everything else. Some people like their elbows touched. Shit, whatever happened <laughs> to the people's elbows? Give elbows love. We yeah. are immediately going in on the pussy and the dick and all of that shit. And like, <laughs> you need to show some elbows love. You gotta, you gotta give the elbows some love every once in a while. <laughs> the fuck so, you like fidgeting with it? Imagine well, no, my just, arm about to come. <laughs> well, no, so, uh, really, because we, we tend to like fixate so much on like the act of sex and everything involved with it that we forget that the entire body is still connected yeah. so it's like just be mindful of like not not like in the middle of it wait a sec <laughs> no it's just like you know you're talking about like the neck kisses like Every, the back yeah, like the foreplay the whole thing yeah all yeah. of that see the thing is there are certain women some women love a giant dick they call them size queens they love to have somebody <laughs> huge or a giant toy or something like, oh, fucking with them oh, you're yeah. A size queen now, bitch. yeah no some of them are all about that more power to them there's yeah, there are plenty like. there are plenty of men and plenty of toys out there that can cater to their needs right. some women love riding faces some women oh, love it in the ass some women i must be woman some women some women get this don't like it at all <laughs> and that's okay it's a it's a it does a lot of times guys fixate on size when they're worried about how the person that they're with is going to interpret them and 
it, at the end of the day, it's what the woman or their partner gets off on, what they like. If they want a bigger dick, great. If you don't have it, then they're going to be more likely to say, you know what? It's just not the right fit with us, and I might want to work, move <laughs> oh, on and shit. stuff. So and then they'll find maybe find, maybe find a different reason, or maybe directly say your dick's not big enough. I'm out. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> they don't want. They want to be. A lot of times they want to spare a person's feelings. Nah, so they'll make it that. more like this is about me. Uh, the, yeah, this fuck. isn't about you. You're awesome. This is about me and my need for a bigger dick. That's right. fine. <laughs> Oh my god! That's Imagine fun. hearing that shit. Yeah, fuck yeah, but that. why don't you yeah. just tell me I that hear that all the time? But like, that, do you think girls stay with guys that even if they got a small dick? Absolutely. Wow. Well, be, you want to know why? Because they that woman may not give a shit about fucking a dick. They may want to have. <laughs> they may want to fuck a face. <laughs> true. That's true. I've been with women who love fucking faces and i'm like okay keep going because i have no problem with that Face and fucking munch that that's just munch. Uh, some women are like i want you to pound the hell out of me then go ahead use your dick do whatever you can but at the end of the day it's up to what if you know if we aren't going to be selfish and just say this is all about me and my needs and you know because really we could just stay home and jerk off if that's the case yeah. it's about making it so that we're Jerking sharing pleasure with somebody else we're communicating what makes the, each other happy? This is what I like. Then the other person says, yeah, this is what I like. Slow down. And don't be afraid to fucking ask. Say, hey, what are you into? Am I doing this too hard? Do you want me to slow down? Do you okay. want me to use my fingers? Do you want me to play with your clit? Do you like yes. your ass licked? Whatever the fuck it is. Go communicate. No, I agree with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Go agree. Above and beyond, yeah. I'm definitely, yeah. you got to ask that you shit. You got to ask your yeah. partner, for yeah. sure. So, uh, Part of it, like, you know, we were talking earlier about threesomes and how to bring someone in. Part of that dynamic and communicating is making it so that it's safe to express those desires, but and without a feeling of judging them for it. Do you want your ass licked by another guy? She's sucking you and you're like, damn, I wish there was another one right here. Oh, imagine. <laughs> See, and that's the thing. You're doing that in a heightened state. Two of you state. At that point, she, she might do something drastic and bite your dick off. Oh, uh, okay, you have, yeah. Uh, yeah, what if she was what if she, or these she might call up her homegirl. I want yeah. somebody to here right behind me. A guy. Oh, no. Well, no. These are where those conversations happen ahead of time when yeah. you're not doing that stuff. Yeah. Like, where your dick can't get chopped off. Like how, how many how many of y'all has asked this of a person not while you're not in bed? What are your fantasies? I never asked that question. I've never asked for fantasies. I've asked like what they enjoy or what I'm they like. Yeah. yeah. Are I'm you afraid of what the response I'm is? I'm scared to ask what's your fantasy. Oh really? A train I, ride I would on ask. Me? I'm not scared of it. I, I think I'm. You just, would ask. All right. What if she said, "I want six guys in me, one after another." Oh, get the fuck out. Then we'll have a conversation. Then you have that. Then that becomes. Yeah. Then I would want to know. To be honest, fuck it. Then ask: Is that a deal breaker between us? Because I'm not. I'm not willing to do that. Right. Is that a deal? I like breaker? that. Wait, so is, is that the same thing as asking like, oh, would you ever do like handcuffs and like tie? Is that yeah, like communicate? Fantasy? Absolutely, communicate that yeah, stuff. Yeah, see, I've asked some. I've asked shit. Like and that. by the way, yeah. if you're gonna ever use handcuffs, make sure you have a fucking key. Oh, oh. what's that? What's that one movie from Netflix? Oh my god, I I've had know. I've had to pick handcuffs. Somebody on a podcast where a bondage expert brought handcuffs and uh, handcuffed the host. And forgot oh to bring the key. Gosh. And so I an learned expert. that I can pick handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that comes in handy. Um, so I don't know if like this kind of belongs with you being a sex therapist, but what like uh, any, is there any tips or advice f for guys on how to last longer in bed? 
Think of baseball players. No, I don't know. <laughs> 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 Honestly, a lot, a lot of that stuff is keyed into anxiety. Like, a lot of that stuff is tied into us being anxious about what's going on in front of us. A lot of times, sometimes it's, uh, people will watch a lot of porn so that they're already like, the the real thing is right here in front of me. And they're already on third base. They're ready to jump off and like <laughs> ready to come right off the bat because they've been seeing all that stuff in porn. And now this is real deal in front of them. Oh, so that's oh, a real thing then. Because yeah. I've been looking into that recently. So actually. for some people... If they are watching a lot of porn, maybe they have to just dial back the porn usage. Not entirely. They can still use it once in a while. But use your mind. Yeah. Use your brain. To, to like jerk off? Yeah. Use, yeah, use the spank Close bank. Oh, no. Because I've been searching about, yeah. um, about jerking off and like if there's actually benefits Absolutely. not doing it. Oh, no. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, what is it, the people who want to take the entire month of not jerking off? Yeah. No, like, no, what's November. The deal with, like, no, no fapping. No, no nut November. Yeah. God damn. What the hell is wrong with y'all? <laughs> so, people, the people who did not nut for an entire month, your body is going to force that shit out anyways <laughs> at night. It's going to do it when you're asleep. Oh. It's going to happen. So, well, so it doesn't matter if you want. <laughs> that stuff's going to yeah. come out. So you It's think, a natural <laughs> physical process. You think drinking off is beneficial? Like you need to do it? It it helps. It helps you not give a fuck too. Helps well, you sleep at night. Well, no, there's <laughs> definite health benefits. If you want to have a healthy prostate, I think the uh, the it was twelve times in a week you have to have an orgasm. I think that was that was part of healthy pro uh, healthy, prostate. healthy prostate. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I guess a I'm lot fucking of, healthy. But yeah. also, <laughs> there's something to knowing what you are into. Like if you are going to be with somebody. And somebody asks you, what are your fantasies? What are you into? If you're like, you being here and having a pulse, that's, that is not enough. Yeah, that's stupid. You need yeah. to know what pleases you. And that's why if, like, when you ask somebody what their fantasies are, I have no problem with that response, whatever it is. So does sex play a big role in like, relationships, like a big, big role? It, for a lot of relationships, it does. For some, it doesn't. It depends on the dynamic of those relationships. For most people, would you say like, being able to make the other person, you know, orgasm is very important. For some people, it is. Usually for guys, if they can't get their wife or significant other to have an orgasm, then they are going to have it, – it, it can play with their ego. And the guys or the, the yeah, girls? Uh, for, uh, for the guy not being able to get their partner to have an orgasm or to have uh, – if they're not able to give the kind of pleasure that their partner is looking for, then that can play with a person's ego. They can make mm -hmm. it so that they're like, what, am I not doing enough for you? And a lot of times people are like, well, I am enough, and I don't think that I, we should do anything different. Sometimes women like to use a toy. Get a toy. See if that helps. It's your best friend. Yeah. Uh, they go and find out what their fantasy is and try to cater to it. I've seen – and sometimes relationships end because of that. And that's okay because that means that somebody wasn't telling the truth about what they really wanted, and they were hiding it. And finally, when it came out, it was a deal breaker. And they both had to go their separate ways. And they did it, hopefully, in a way that wasn't destructive. Oh, fuck. So do you think if a, if a girl cheats, right, is it completely you? What do you mean? Like, is it, like, when people cheat, do you think it's because of other people's... Oh, because they may not be communicating well. A lot of times that is the case. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times the couples are not communicating needs or 
some person is taking the other one for granted and then they are getting those needs met by somebody else mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's a physical need where it's just sex because their partner isn't willing to do certain acts or even have sex at all sometimes it's an emotional thing somebody's like i get more of a connection with somebody outside of that relationship the key is i've seen relationships where like if you look at this man and women man and woman or man and man or woman and woman are married one of them is having sex with somebody else is that cheating mm -hmm. is it cheating yes yeah. yeah it's cheating what if they've already agreed on it that that's not cheating then that's not cheating because they agreed on cheating. it exactly that's the point it's like we are re already determining that somebody is cheating on someone when they're having sex outside of that relationship when we haven't even figured out if their relationship dynamic accounts for that but you should already know if you're gonna get in a relationship you shouldn't cheat exactly but if your relationship dynamic accepts that and it's yeah. like we have an open relationship where she is allowed to go and experience her sexual pleasure with other women because that she's bisexual and i since she's allowed to go i'm allowed to go and experiment with other women and all of that stuff but at the end of the day the agreement is we have this this is who we are yeah. and the the important thing is the communication of boundaries within a relationship if you're going to make that kind of a relationship work and that's why a lot of times uh open relationships and a lot of uh, like bdsm relationships are the ones that have some of the strongest communication patterns of any relationship yeah. because the safety and the survival of their relationship depends on it you have to communicate yeah so they have to talk about that's everything so good. yeah right? that's yeah. pretty good that is I mean, really I'm not good. saying I would do that, but yeah, I know that. No, that's, the, that's communication, the communication. It all comes down to the communication. Yeah. That's what it's sounding like. Yeah, uh, it really, at the end of the day, relationships survive or fail based on how well they communicate needs. Yep. So with the cheating thing, do you believe that there's different reasons between when a guy cheats and when a girl cheats? Because there's that whole thing with like guys cheat for sex and girls cheat because they're out of love. Everybody's different. Everybody cheats for different reasons. There's for every person that is going to be cheating just because they want to uh, like some men want to conquer as many women as possible. That's why they cheat. Some, some men are like, my wife doesn't suck dick, so I want to go find someone that sucks dick. <laughs> you know, that's why they cheat. It's just different Every reasons. Uh, some yeah, people are like, some, some women are like, my husband is emotionally closed off from me for the last 20 years and I'm looking for anybody to make me feel happy. Wow. So uh, that's yeah. there's it's different for many reasons. Uh, some women are like, I just want to have as many dicks around me for one weekend <laughs> as possible. And that guy's not around. So bring it on. Oh, shit. That, there bring are many. On. Bring on the 12 dicks. <laughs> yeah, no, there are many <laughs> different reasons for people to do different things. The thing is, I don't judge them based off of those actions. I just base that. And I don't try to judge them, judge them really on anything. Yeah. I just try to see if they're communicating those needs if they are being honest with their partner about those things. If they're not, then there's something really wrong there. There's something unbalanced there. Can it be fixed? Yes, but it absolutely starts with honest communication. So this is like going back to your expertise in being like in relationships. And this is more of like a personal question, I would say, for you. Mm -hmm. um, for young relationships, people that are expecting to marry each other when they're really young would you suggest that 
they go out and experience more things rather than just be in a relationship and expect for marriage in the later future? Well, people's needs and desires change over time. So what may be right when we're 20, 25 may be completely different than how things are when we're 40, 45. Yeah. So that's why I, a lot of times when I say some of the best relationships are the ones that know when to end. Those relationships may have been the perfect thing for them in those moments, but sometimes people grow apart. So, and, and so some, it, it's hard to say whether or not marrying young or marrying later is going to be a better thing. It depends on what the individual's needs are within that couple. Like mm-hmm. if that couple is like, we, we get everything we need emotionally from each other. Like we're high school sweethearts and we're never going to leave each other and all that stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then there are people who are like, I've not met anybody that fit the bill and they're in their forties. And then, then finally meet somebody. And then they're like, I'm set and I'm ready. And I wasn't ready until I'm, I was 50 and I got all of this extra shit out of my system. And now I wasn't prepared before that to be a good husband. Now I am. And that's, it depends. It's different for every single person. There's a thousand and one million stories out there. So with that, do you believe in like the whole right place, wrong time? It happens. Yeah. Like, you know, like right person, wrong time. Yeah, it happens where people uh, may be a good fit for each other later on in life, but they met each other too early and they ended up like the relationship fell fell apart because their needs weren't aligned at that time. What what about the saying of uh, if you let it go, it'll come back? If that, you really love it or something. It, there's some truth to <laughs> it's it. like with like a bet, no? There's some truth no, to I've it. I've heard that. Heard yeah, that. no. If you love it, let it go. If it, if it was if real, real, it comes back. back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's a little bit of truth to that. But it's also like, you know, if you let something go and then they go and, you know, like do all of the things that you would personally be like, I can't be around that anymore. Would you want it? Yeah, <laughs> I, feel like, oh. I feel like I'll overthink as yeah. soon as she leaves. Like, yeah. you're going to go fuck the whole world. Yeah, well, especially because oh I, especially Sheesh. if if you're sexually active, like 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 how we are, we're young. So, yeah, if you're sexually active, you'd be thinking like, if she leaves, I'd be like, fuck, I I gave her dick no, every yeah. day. She's gonna want dick every day. Yeah, she yeah. got used to it. And now she's gonna go find a new person Type every day. Three sixty five. Yeah, fuck all that. Wow. <laughs> if your mindset is kind of like always thinking the worst. Something like that, like maybe she goes out and you're like, damn, she's probably doing this, this and that. Are you ready for a relationship or like what are some ways you can get over that? That's uh, it's not a matter of being ready in a relationship. If, If you're constantly questioning someone, then that's a matter of you just not trusting someone. That's insecurity. And we gotta, if that's the case, we have to under try and go back to why that feeling of lack of trust in that person exists because usually that doesn't just happen it's usually old stuff that leads to someone not trusting someone Uh, if it's one thing if like that person has already cheated on you and you know about it then it's like okay well i don't trust you in this situation that's fair but a lot of times people will have that mistrust of someone before like when they haven't even done anything wrong just based off of how they've that one person has been wronged in the past so they're immediately assuming that the next person is going to do that so do you think cheating like completely ruins the relationship if you do cheat yeah it, it changes the relationship like what can, percent, it, sorry i don't mean to cut you off but like what percent of couples do you think can actually make it through 
uh, a cheating situation? Uh, it, there's no. I don't. I don't think I could throw a percentage out there. I feel like it's. It depends on like, for example, if they have kids. If they have kids, then their needs are going to be much more aligned towards doing what's best for the kids. So yeah. they may be more willing to weather that kind of storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on the nature of, like, say, if they cheated, the nature of the infidelity. Were they being honest afterwards when they got caught? Were they? Uh, I, I knew somebody who cheated, called the person afterwards and said, "This is what I did, and I'm sorry." Damn, that that's like true post nut. No, that's post nut clarity right there. Yeah, they felt bad. Yeah, and then they immediately felt like fell on the sword, and that relationship was saved. But you better believe they had trust issues. Yeah, and they had to work through those trust issues. Does um cheating ever make like a relationship stronger? I know it sounds dumb, but like, is there, there any way? There's <laughs> like, damn, we got through this. We could get through anything. Well, no, there. What Fuck it does no. a lot of times, if you see relationships that survive cheating like that. It's specifically because the cheating was done in a way that exposed a bigger problem within the relationship Uh, that the other person was intending to. uh, And it made it so that the other person was like, oh, my God, I didn't know I was doing that. And you did. You cheated on me. And that's bad. And the other person's like, I know I feel bad, but it's only because you weren't listening to what my needs were. And the other person was like, I didn't know that was what was going on. Either they're oblivious. Or if they're oblivious and they wish they knew, then that's those are the ones that actually may have a chance because then they were are like, I wish I knew. Now that you're telling me, I can do all of those things for you. For the ones that are like oblivious because they are purposely or um, they're just ignoring their partner, then that person's going to leave. That, that's Damn. over. Cheating will destroy that relationship. Fucking and and rightfully so. Uh, those relationships a lot of times don't need to be together. Those are ones that stay together too long. Oh. Yeah. And is like, fuck, I forgot the question. My bad. Break up with somebody before you cheat on them. Damn. If you know what you're doing is that bad and the person's going to be that heartbroken by it, it would hurt that person in the short term, but at least you would, they would know that you respected them enough to tell them the truth. You're like, hey, uh, okay, that, thank you for jumping out. It, it, you broke my heart. You're an asshole for it. But in two, three years, I may be able to be in the same room as you and breathe yeah, but, oxygen around But you. what if they, like, have that petty mindset? Then that's an individual thing. Is they that, could be very petty and just cause more problems with their pettiness. So do you not think that will humble a person? What, getting caught cheating? No, nah, if or, the person does it back to you. Oh, if you cheat and then they do it back? Yeah. That'll humble, like no, uh, no. I mean, it can humble them, but that it, that breaks down to a big problem that a lot of ra- relationships have, and that's keeping score. Wow! Getting even. Damn. Getting wow! Even. I don't know if you've ever you you get know, a bucket. Have, you ever, have y'all ever, ever seen The Godfather? Yes. 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 Okay. The scene where after Sonny gets killed, The Godfather meets with all the heads of the fam- of the different families and says, "I'm foregoing my revenge." Uh huh. But I'm doing it for a reason. And that's the thing. It's like in those situations, people are expected to keep score and have, re- have their revenge. And sometimes the only way that you can break that cycle is by saying, I'm foregoing my revenge. But I'm doing it for a reason. And that means that reason is that we're, now that you've been caught and you've shown remorse and you still want this relationship to work, these are the problems that existed in the relationship. These are my demands and my needs that were never met that I've been trying to communicate that you never listened to. A lot of times it exposes what's wrong with the relationship and it gives people a chance to fix it or walk away. Damn. 
It's very fucking true. I have to say. Yeah. So the whole keeping score is like a real thing. Oh, absolutely. And it it can be done with chores. I've seen people, I've seen people do that with like little things like like kids, kids. Yeah. Like, like keeping score of how they're doing everything within the relationship. Like, well, I did this yesterday. I did the dishes yesterday. So you have to mop today. And it's like, (laughs) you know, the job needs to get done one way or the other. And if we're sitting there bickering over it, then that's a problem. That that's where like a lot of times like stupid arguments and fights break out into bigger things because they start on little tiny things that they were keeping score on that really how many relationships are 50 50 at any given moment right not now. Many. Not many. So most relationships are not balanced. They are shifting. Sometimes they are 60 40 and then the next day they'll be 70 80 or 70 30 the other direction relationships are fluid they balance each other it's very rarely 50 50 so if you're keeping score on all of this stuff what happens if one person like breaks a leg and can't do all their chores then is that other person's in there saying well while you're hurt i'm doing all of this stuff but you're giving me a month of, of me not doing my chores and stuff like that and it's like that's that's not a balanced relationship yeah. yeah it's like we cover for each other we have each other's back we we account for each other it's like yin and yang but do you ever feel like that gets to a point where it's just like, all right, I'm doing all this stuff for you. Like, it's I'm kind of fed up now. Yeah, the, the, that's an unbalanced relationship. So Communicate that. So is that like the person that's doing more's problem or? It's a problem on both ends. Yeah. The person whose needs aren't being met isn't doing a good and effective job of communicating those needs. And the other person is not being attentive to the other person's needs. Like... A lot of times, somebody all it takes is for someone just to ask, mm-hmm. "Hey, how you doing?" That's it. It's true. That is true. Because I would, I mean, if somebody came, if she came up and told me like, "Oh, I need you to put more" or something like that, I would listen. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'd feel like butt her or anything. Yeah, I, I would. There's no problem with asking. Hey, uh, am, is there anywhere where you feel like I'm falling short that I could do better? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It does. Uh, it's like. It's not like making you any less of a man. It's just making your relationship stronger. It's not like you're, oh, I'm, I'm doing too much and I'm changing myself too much for another person. No, it's like if you're in a relationship with someone, then you have to make adjustments. You have to shift sometimes. And sometimes compromises are need, you know, you have to give a little more than you may want sometimes. That's how compromise works. That's how relationships work. But hopefully you find someone that complements those habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like unfriending or unfollowing your ex like on social media? Sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it's necessary. If you have a relationship that ends well, then you're like, no, I want to keep up with you. Cool. No problems. Get used to them. Get used to seeing pictures of them hanging out with other people that they're fucking and all that stuff. Don't have any problems with it. Hit the like button hard. Good luck. Glad you're having fun. For some people, though, they need to block them because if not, they're going to be seeing all of those moments where they may be doing something and they're going to be just sitting there by themselves. Reminiscing. Not just reminiscing, doing literally nothing to move on. Just being depressed. Just being stuck in that one moment, wondering. And it's almost like giving somebody else the keys to your car. Here, drive (laughs) drive my emotions wherever they're going to go. (laughs) So instead of having to subject themselves to looking at Instagram and seeing them hanging out at a bar getting shit-faced with like a bunch of different dudes around or like (laughs) with the with the caption is like I'm gonna fuck all these dicks. Oh my god! I'm about to suck the fucking meat off of this shit. It it, like if that's gonna bother you, then block it. 
you don't need to see it. Sometimes it's necessary to block people on Instagram, but if you're going to block, know that at that point, you're basically kissing the relationship away. If you're going to be one of these, I'm going to block you, then come back and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to just, uh, that's where you're, you're just teasing yourself and you're just playing with your own emotions at that point. And it's not necessary. That's why you sometimes do it back. Sometimes it's important to just cut it and run. Don't you think that you shouldn't be friends with your ex? I'm friends with my exes. Uh, there's the ones that I'm not friends with are the ones that were dishonest and were disrespectful about how they did it. They they chose not to respect me and how the relationship ended. They were they weren't being honest. So the so, ones who are honest, I'm still friends with. My uh, I have two kids. My kid's mom is like my best friend. She's the coolest shit ever. But so how oh, would fun. that work if uh, you break up with your ex and you guys are like still friends? You guys still keep it cool and stuff, and then you date like a new girl. Yeah, no problem. But she's not okay with yeah, it. What you if don't, that's the You problem? don't think that the girl would be okay with it? It's like, not oh, her you place. still hang out? It's not her place anymore. And you got to set that that's forth why, right yeah, then. There. Like, that's the boundary. It's like, you know, you're allowed to go and have your own life. If I'm, We didn't break up only for you to keep the leash on me. Yeah. You know? Like, we have to go and have our own lives and, and be cheerleaders of each other's happiness. Because if we have kids together, well, then yeah. our kids' happiness is entirely dependent on the other person's happiness. My kid's happiness is entirely dependent on my co-parents, my ex's happiness. Yeah. If she's happy, then my kids are going to have the highest likelihood of being happy, being successful, all of that stuff. And the same goes for me. If I'm happy, then my kids have the best chance of being successful as possible. So we look out for each other. We're cheerleaders for each other. She got engaged. I was right there for them and everything. She broke up. I was right there supportive of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we don't have a lot of times there are situations where people break up and it's unavoidable. You have just a shitty breakup and you can't escape it. And that's unfortunate and it sucks. The and the ripple effect it has on the kids is is shit. But if you don't need to be assholes to each other, don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. I, I feel yeah. like kids is kind of like an exception. But what if like, you know, with an ex that you didn't have kids with, don't you think that would be like a little bit different? Because there's not really anything... Well, it not, depends not. on how how the like the boundaries of the relationship are defined. Say if I was dating somebody, and actually uh, this did come up, a person I was dating uh, was very insecure about the friendship that I have with my ex because uh-huh. we're like we talk and we like send jokes every day, several times a day. Like we're talking shit about the kids or joking about <laughs> random shit all the time. Yeah. So the person that I was dating was an incredible fit. She was awesome with me. She, we like very sexually compatible, very relationship compatible. We were into the same kind of stuff. She just couldn't get over the insecurity because she had some really rough relationships in the past and she hadn't seen relationships break up where people were still friendly. She had relationships break up where they want to kill each other. Yeah. So it was like she that couldn't understand ugly. how I could be friends with someone. Yeah, and, and break up. So that's the problem is that a lot of times good relationships, you'll have to let them go for the co-parent because honestly, at the end of the day, you are, even though you may be broken up with them, you still have a kid with them. You are stuck in some way, shape or form to them because of that. So being a marriage counselor, do you think that helps you in your own personal relationships? Like, I feel like you can't lose an argument. I don't know. Uh, no, I, 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 I'm single He's and had a lot of, I've had a lot of unsuccessful relationships. I know how to get out of relationships. So do you think that like, um, like it, my gosh, what's the, what's the opposite of help? The opposite of help? Yeah. No help. <laughs> yeah. yeah do, do you think like it, that doesn't help you? 
Uh, since you know how to get out of them. So like as soon as there's like a red flag, you're like, nope, drop. Well, no, I, I, I usually give people the time for their red flags to show if they were situational or if they were like actually like part of the game with them. If it was something that's situational, like it's a freak occurrence, then, you know, you, you give them their chance. But uh, I've had to I, I can recognize the problems and walk away. I have no problem with that. But at the same time, it hasn't made, if anything, it's made it so that when I'm working with clients, I now am very good at helping couples who have kids walk away from each other without killing each other. It makes it so that you find the right path based on what they need and how they have been throughout their entire relationship with each other and the (laughs) needs of the kids. And then try to find the right answer that balances everybody's needs as much as possible. So when you're in that room, are you in a, a room with them together when you're doing uh, the counseling? Up until the pandemic, I was. Now I do basically just video chat. Oh, it, <laughs> I, I, I will show up to things wearing like a top like this and my basketball shorts and people hey. won't know the difference. Our <laughs> boxers. Yeah. That's that <laughs> Zoom. So when you were doing the in-person stuff before, would you ever walk in with like a security guard because you know a no. relationship is bad? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. Or uh, serious just like to, That's just extreme. to break it up like, no no because you know? uh, it's yeah. not my job to take sides uh, if i was taking sides then i'm i'm in threat at that point it's not my uh, it's not my place to take sides it's my place uh, to be like a referee and <laughs> like foul it's like blow the whistle you know unnecessary bitchiness for 15 yard penalty <laughs> Uh, and, and and no and that's the thing it's uh, when i say bitchiness i'm not throwing that at any like woman or man it's like both men and women are equally bitchy it's yeah. it's it the complaints that come up in a lot of these se- sessions show how small the things that they're fighting about really are what what's the youngest couple you've had to like like uh just for like couples therapy uh like mid-20s Oh, okay. So nothing happens like at 22? Uh, things happen. It's just most of the time people are like, I'm still 22 and I'm breaking up and I have an entire future of yeah. ha- of other relationships yeah, ahead of true. me. But yeah. it also, but there's also like good relationships that they are together and they notice a problem and they're at that age and they have the capacity to, uh, the capacity to be able to say, you know what, maybe we should do couples counseling. That's really good. Yeah, so I've noticed that you say a lot of, well, a lot of your answers are really dependent on who it's coming from and what it is. Yes. Is there anything that you would say is a must in a relationship or? Communicate needs, establish boundaries. Know what you're getting into before a relationship starts, you know? Uh, and also, it like, you know, it, it's one thing, like if you, if you meet somebody at church, then you're going to have an expectation that that person's going to want to like have like church and religion involved in their lives. Mm -hmm. So they may want something more monogamous and stuff like that. If you're going to meet somebody say at a sex club, then you're probably going to have a group of people or you're going to be have a a group of people that you can have a relationship with that is going to be more accepting of more partners or something more sexually adventurous. So it's like, depends on where your what your motivation is, what you want. But communicating, yeah. that's the thing. If you communicate those needs and those boundaries, then you're going to have a good relationship. The, the poly relationships, the, the open relationships, the ones that are BDSM couples, those have some of the strongest communication patterns because they have to. Where a lot of the vanilla relationships are too ashamed to communicate their basic needs. Mm-hmm. And there's like 
that shame aspect is huge. Religion throws a lot into that aspect, but it's also like, like there's like cultures on this planet that based everything off of that sense of shame. So it's like, it's amazing how little people communicate their needs and desires sexually with their own partner because of their sense of shame about it. Honestly, I was just going to spit fire because I know we only, uh, said that we were going to keep you on here for about an hour 30 I don't hey i'm, I'm cool i'm cool with whatever i cleared up my schedule uh, i got maybe karaoke tonight at nine. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait wait what is that yeah fucking sex ask. karaoke yeah. no he's, oh. not, he's not doing that tonight though no no that's what not what's the porn star karaoke porn star karaoke was something that existed it was the longest running weekly function that the adult film industry had and it was like every Tuesday night at Sardo's in Burbank, we would gather. And I, I used to live up the alley from there, and I would go there for karaoke on other nights. I was intimidated by Porn Star Night, specifically because they were hot porn stars. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go and do karaoke other nights. And then I went there one night, and the crowd was the coolest. They were so nice and supportive. And we just kept coming back. And that's uh, it was created like 15, 16 years ago by someone who was a makeup artist in the industry. And uh, every week, Porn stars would show up and sing songs. Uh, they would. It was also a meeting place where people would, uh, like people within the industry, could meet the fans, but also can uh, do business with each other. Come up with different uh, different ideas for shoots. Different uh, for, uh, this way. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, this like, way. or if an artist wanted to yeah. perform with a different with somebody else that worked with a different company, those are your, the oh. the place where a lot of those meetings happened were at porn star karaoke. So, like, That's nobody's cool. naked or nothing. It a uh, titty occasionally plops out, but that's uh, <laughs> oh, but it's literally but just singing. Well, it's singing, but it's uh, like porn stars. Like I, I had a on my birthday uh, one year, I had a ten porn star lap dance at hey. porn star karaoke. At once, the la- uh, well, yeah, uh, one song, all of them like take turns, and then the last one was one of my buddies who's a dude. He goes and puts just his dick over my shoulder. I'm like, ah, god damn! <laughs> 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 uh, you can't be. And that that's the thing. It was like. Ten different porn stars, and it was my the girl I was with at the time was the one who set it up too. That was oh, a, that wow, was a cool thing. Cool. I thought that's those boundaries, that's, that's, cool. that's yeah. that communication, and that's a thing that was within the boundaries of that relationship. And you know, sometimes relationships, the ones that are great, are the ones that know how to communicate those boundaries. So where you could look on the surface and say that person slept with somebody else, they're cheating, and they're like, nope, that's part of their game. Yeah, but on like the night you get married, I guess. You're supposed to have uh, it's like a bachelor, bachelor party. Right? Yeah, do girls like, like if you is don't a, allow it, is how? that a knife for cheating? Yeah, uh, people are gonna do whatever they're gonna do, and <laughs> so you that's just why I forget about. Well, it. no, that I'm 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 saying that so that's that, your last night. Well, but, no, just saying I'm just saying that because I don't want to put the sense of judgment over people who do that. No, it's their boundaries. You know? It's their communication. <laughs> well, uh, but the thing is, in those moments, there's a lot of people going in with the expectation that. Like, it's not necessarily the husband or the, the husband-to-be. It's the friends. Like, this is his last night of doing whatever, so we're going to go and get him shit-faced and, get, and embarrass the shit out of him and get him laid and all of that shit. Damn. <laughs> Damn, it's I can't the tell, I can't say that. It's, I can't say that. But that's the thing. It, it's the it's girlfriends, not, too. Those friends, at the end of the day, if they're getting laid or they're having fun and getting a lap dance or whatever, then they're happy. The person who's the husband may not want that. That's why you're start, starting to see more uh, bachelor, uh, bachelor bachelorette parties where it's both of them doing this that thing together. 
Ah, uh, okay, okay. Like I've seen a lot of those bachelor bachelorette parties, which it's it's awesome when they go to the strip club together. Yeah, that's oh. a that's a sign of good. That's a sign of good boundaries. I can't touch the females though. It'd be like that, right? Like, well, that's the, depends on the boundaries. The yeah. boundaries. But then you got to be okay if the man goes up to her. Yeah. Yeah. Start slapping. Her. It's the boundaries. Uh, it's, it's about the boundaries. About if you are cool with those boundaries, then they're then you're gonna be okay. But if you're not, you got to communicate that exactly. And boundaries change. Uh, what may have been okay with us one time may not be okay with us the next time. Okay. If we can communicate those boundaries, then we're we're good. Yeah, but what if she keeps asking, like, "Hey, I'm, I'm are you like, sure? Are you sure? Are you positive? I uh, remember that last time I asked you." Well, then uh, <laughs> <laughs> she just keeps asking, yeah, you, "Can yeah. I do it? Can I do it?" Then, hey, fuck it, damn. Ask if it's a uh, if it's a relationship, if it's a deal breaker. If yeah. I don't want to do this, is this is that it? Or are you going to go and pursue that with somebody else? And if that's not within the boundary of our relationship, then see ya. How do you keep your emotions like such in check? Like when you're you talking don't. about it, you, you just can't. You know, like, emotions. Like, I, I picture him like I, he's a very like emotional person. I feel like if they were to keep pursuing, logic him, and emotion like, are two different things. Logic whispers, emotion yells <laughs> through a raps. megaphone. <laughs> I'll get raps. Yes, emotion can rap too. I was talking about logic, <laughs> but no, logic whispers. Logic will tell you, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, and emotion's gonna be like, but I wanna. So is it okay sometimes for an argument to be like, you know what, I'm gonna step away for a second before I say something stupid? Absolutely, <laughs> that is a healthy relationship right there. That's a good uh, fighting tactic. Well, Honestly, if you're God, like, nah, you, you got to show that you fucking care, though. Well, no, that shows that you do care. You can walk away and say, to be continued. I'm not. No, nah, that shows that you don't care to me. No, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. No, because it doesn't, no, though. because at the end of the day, what's the problem? At that point, you're yelling and getting angry. How many arguments have we had where it starts as like one thing, but then it becomes something else? Where we're because we got angry and we brought like ten different Some things. Oh bullshit. yeah, It'd be like yeah. that. I guess. And that's where we got to walk away and be able to say, "I'm not walking away from you. I'm not walking away from this argument or the point you're trying to make. I'm walking away from me and my anger, because that's what's taking over right now, and that's what's going to become the problem. I need to walk away." That's something that nobody has the permission to do. Everybody, like we all, uh, like, you know, on podcasts or in the world, everybody has to be quick-witted and real quick and, and respond. Nobody gives us the permission to slow down and actually think about what we want to say. True. Take yeah. a minute. Right. Do some deep breathing. In through the nose. Hold it for a second. Out through the mouth. And then You don't mean do you're going to break up with me? Like that type of shit? Well, no, think about it. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's, that's manipulative. How, how, <laughs> many, how many situations where you're in that mode where you're like amped up because, you know, like there's fighting and arguing. How many of those situations just keep rolling because you're running, you're just riding the wave of that energy, that emotion, that, and that sad, that going. anger. It keeps going. Yeah. Keeps going. Yeah. So I'll, I'll what would you. it look like if you were to say time out, I'm walking away from this. I'm not walking away from you. I'm walking away from my anger. I'm going to take one minute and do some breathing. Come back. Am I going to be as angry? Am I going to let that same energy carry through? No, I would have had at least had a minute to think through the problem. But it's you're also gonna, giving them a minute to calm the fuck down. Exactly. Too. I feel like that shit still lingers in the air. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I feel like... It, give me a minute. I it does chill. linger, but it makes it so that we're not reacting to it out of anger. Oh. We're reacting to it now. We're actually trying to take a problem-solving approach to it right. instead of creating more problems by being angry about it. Because how many times have we wasted 30, 40 minutes being angry about something and then slowly like saying, okay, so now what do we got to do? 
Yeah. We could have got to the what do we got to do point already. Yeah. We're, we're blowing all of the like all this energy on anger that's a lot of times not necessary. Yeah. So take a minute, catch yourself, breathe. You know, like at like millions of Buddhists can't be wrong. Do some breathing exercises. It helps. <laughs> yes, it, it does. The help. reason why breathe. I don't know. The reason why breathe. this is a quick breakdown of why breathing exercises work. It matches your breath rate if you do it right. It matches your breath rate. I don't know how many. Uh, if you know how many breaths you take when you're asleep per minute. Anybody? Anybody? No. no 90? <laughs> Shit. What the fuck? I, I, was, I was talking about like <laughs> 90 per like minute. It's, like, yeah. two minutes, it's like six to ten on average per minute when you're asleep. So when you do deep breathing exercises, <laughs> you're slowing your breath rate down to where you're at when you're sleeping. Actually, so your yeah. body naturally slows itself down. down. It's That's almost like true. you're tricking it into thinking it's, it's time to go to bed. I want to sleep with meditation music last night. I realized that. Yeah, your breathing was probably slow. It was. I knocked out quick as fuck. So too. if they're going off on you on text message, is it okay just to send that text message back and be like, "I'm gonna call you in 20 minutes"? Just yeah, that's okay. Like you can just say, "I see where you're going. Give me a little bit. I'm not. I am going to respond. I need a moment." You're allowed to say that. It'll probably piss the other person off. Yeah, yeah. But me, huh? No, but, but that's mature as fuck. But that's the thing. If we're both pissed off going in then it's just going to be constantly bickering back and forth. One person has to be the one to pull the plug and say, you know what, I, I, let's take a sec. I agree. I do that. I definitely I agree. Do yeah. You do that too? I do that. I, I'll I'll do just, that too. I won't say anything, but I'll just stop responding for a minute, and then I'll be like, all right, let me just it's cause take you don't a phone care. call. No, well, but no, no, I, I realize that <laughs> it actually, um, like, you know, she actually, like, gets a message too, and sometimes we'll, like, we'll talk earlier than maybe that time period. And she'll be like, all right, I'm ready to talk. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everything's calm now. Like, yeah. Let's, let's calm it's fine. down. Yeah. Let's right then, if, you, if you're really going at each other, like, emotionally, it's going to end bad. Well, and think yeah. about it. How many arguments are those like that where people are going back and forth? It's like, okay. uh, and a, a lot of times when I worked with the military, that was a, a big thing was, like, you, you get a command and you have to react right on the spot. Yeah. They don't have permission to wait. Uh, otherwise, they oh, die. Yeah. Like, if you're not in the military and you're not in a combat area, you actually have permission to wait. You have permission to take a minute. Mm -hmm. You, there's mm, no point in rushing and chasing our anger into bad decisions. Right, like a free throw. When you're taking a free throw, they say take your time. I like a good basketball reference, man. Thank you. <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You, you. People have the permission to slow down things and take a breath and let let the solution come to them instead of chasing problems with their anger. So where do you disagree with that thing? Because you're shaking your head. Because oh. I just don't like, I don't know. It just show. It, I feel like that shit means like you don't so care. So if she, if she did that to you, like, you know what, Frank, let's take a second because I could tell you're getting mad. I'm going to step away. So my question would be, does anger mean you care? Why does anger equal caring? It's oh. just because it helps. It doesn't help, but like it just it doesn't show that you it just shows that you care. Like no, it just know, shows you're that you're walking angry. away from things. <laughs> if you walk away <laughs> and you say to be continued, uh, you walk away. If you don't care about somebody, you walk away. You don't come back. Yeah, but if you get blocked, right? <laughs> but that's another story. Yeah, <laughs> you, no, but if no. you get blocked, to get unblocked every time. Oh yeah, then that's like the other person needs to find a better way of conflict resolution that doesn't involve completely shutting someone out. Communicate. The, Communicate. What happens whenever you're blocking someone? You're shutting off communication. Right. Mm. I didn't see it that way. So would you say that the people that are doing that are not ready for a relationship? They may have not been ready for a relationship with that person. 
Oh. They might be able to be ready for a relationship with the right fit, but that doesn't mean that that person that they broke up with was the right fit. They weren't in a, they may not ever be ready for a relationship with that person. So I feel like what he's thinking is like, he views like the fight, like her, like that anger is showing yeah. that she cares. Yeah, and that's like correct, if, right? If I, if, if I hang up, right, you got to call me back because I know when I hang up, I call you back right away. Or when away. she hangs up, you call her back. Yeah, yeah. like you can't show so that you, same energy back. Well, that's the thing is think about how much destruction comes up from the anger when you're trying to show love at that point. How many feelings have to get run over for someone to effectively show you that they love them? Oh, yeah, you get told the stupid shit. Yeah, like you go through the fights and then it's like, this is how we argue. This is how we love each other. If you guys have kids and the kids are going to end up thinking that love is fighting. Yeah, off my mom. Yeah, I've seen it. Mama. Seen it. <laughs> I've seen it too. So how, how would he like change his mindset to something like that? Taking a breath. Slowing down the game. A lot of times when we're, if we're angry, pay attention to where, uh, this is a hard thing to do. If we're angry or we're amped up, pay attention to how you're breathing. I guarantee you, your breath rate is short and shallow and just barely enough to stay alive. Damn. It's like just barely enough to keep your eyes open. You're like. <laughs> you're just you hearing get, the bullshit on the other yeah, side of the uh, phone. I, I feel like that's like happens to me where I've been like in like the middle of a fight and I'm kind of like going off on texting and then I put the phone down and I kind of just like see it and I notice like I'm like. Like I'm like pissed the fuck off, and like, <laughs> like wait, dude, when I get, I don't get mad that often. So when I get like mad over like texting and shit, yeah. I'd be like, fuck, like, yeah, and fuck. Think, well, and think about it. In that moment, it feels like we're getting bombarded with all these negative thoughts, and it's like every breath we take is one more negative thought. You're like, like it's throwing darts at you. Yeah. If we slow it down, take a deep breath. It, it's almost like our breath rate controls how fast the thoughts hit hit us. If yeah. we're able to say, okay, slow down. For that breath, you've just made it so that the thoughts aren't hitting you. So if you can take a minute of that breathing, it slows it down so that you're not letting anger and, and frustration pelt you over and over again with every quick breath. You slow things down. They call it mindfulness where you're making it so that you're actually paying attention to how your body is processing in those moments when we're angry. Yeah, but that makes you think about the problem more, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. No. That's the whole point of the exercise. It you slows you, you focus down. On, you're trying to slow it down. You focus, focus. on the breathing. Because you're going to be there by yourself anyways, yeah. and you're going to have those negative thoughts coming in. Yeah. If you slow down the breath, it makes it so that those thoughts come, that come at you a little bit slower so that you can actually process it faster. So you can make a decision based off of it that's not one that's chasing anger. I haven't seen too many people make good decisions when they're angry. Facts. Right, right. Shit, me either. The term gaslighting has become, like, super popular. Um, Like, nowadays, like, w what is, like, your actual, like, definition of gaslighting and, like, I feel like it's like super um, it's loosely used now. Yeah, know? like oh, uh, you're gaslighting me. But yeah, like, uh, it's basically getting somebody, from what I see, getting somebody to believe something that isn't true just because of control. Just for the purpose of controlling them or keeping them where they're at. Like the truth will make them want to go elsewhere. So you're telling them stuff that isn't true and making it so that they're fighting their best instincts. They know something is up. They know something different, but you're telling them that it, that 
the sky is green. Yeah. Yeah. But like, a lot of people are using like arguments. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that'll fuck you up. That's like overly used. So yeah. like telling somebody like, no, you're fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, like, let's say the person has hard evidence that you cheated on them and you are telling them that wasn't me. I didn't do it. You're crazy. You're, you get, anybody who thinks that I did that would be crazy. You're crazy. And it's like, no, I'm not crazy. I have the evidence. That's not me. That's not true. That's bullshit. And then coming up with ways to make the person feel bad for having any even thought of suspicion, any suspicious thoughts about them. That's gaslighting. Making yeah. it like, how dare you? Like one way that people gaslight people is when, and it shows a problem with the relationship to begin with, but when somebody looks at the other person's cell phone and sees something on there. And then the person who gets caught is like, what the hell were you doing looking at my cell phone? Yeah. True. And it's like, that's the gaslighting. You were cheating. You gave them reason to be suspicious. Was, is there something wrong with them invading your privacy? Absolutely. Yes, it speaks yes, it louder is. to a bigger problem within the relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. guys need to work on that first. But <laughs> they got the, you. Yeah. Yeah. At that right. point, it's like, okay, so do you want me to start listing off the number of ways this relationship is fucked? Because it's from the top to the bottom at that point, one person doesn't trust the other person, and the other person is giving them very good reason to not trust them. Damn. Spot on. So, like, yeah, that that's, like, a big thing. I feel like um, the whole, like, checking phones and stuff like that. Yeah. Healthy. If you, if you have, it's no, it's not. It yeah, shows no, that it, it shows a distrusting relationship. However, if somebody is giving you reason to be suspicious, yeah. then that's something that's like, you've ever, you've given me reason cause mm -hmm. to look. Okay. The fact that I actually am, have the desire, the urge to look into your phone shows that there's something systemically wrong with the relationship from a trust level. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't have to do with that relationship. It could be in involving that one individual in that relationship, having their trust violated at some point in the past. So they have to go and check the phone to make themselves feel secure in the relationship. That's a systemic problem. That's wrong. You need, that's something that needs to be addressed for the relationship to work. However, there may be a guy that's like, you know what? If she's checking my phone, that might mean she cares more. That's a sign that she cares. Mm. Yeah. So then he's going to be like, oh, yeah, please check my phone. Yeah, it means that you care about me enough to be to invade my privacy. And it's yeah. like, OK, well, there's something systemically wrong with this relationship, but you guys are compatible. So is that so, oh, so, so you guys are going to work? Is that considered like <laughs> seeking validation, though? It's it's and it's not necessarily seeking validation. Whenever you're looking at a phone, uh, it's trying to. But I'm saying like the feel good, like yeah, go check my phone. I know I'm not doing nothing. Uh, well, for some people it is, but it's answering to the other person's insecurity. At that point, the other person is super insecure about something, and right. they have to check your phone. Do like do it then. Go ahead. Uh, and that's the thing. If you have nothing to hide, show it. If but there are people who have a problem with exposing their privacy. And sometimes it's because they have something to hide. And sometimes it's because it's like, don't you trust me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem is that the people who have something to hide use that line. Don't you trust me? <laughs> it's a classic. Hey, no, Loki. <laughs> I know you kind of killed me right there because I was going to say like, like I would let my significant other check my phone. I have no problem with that. Yeah. But as soon as she's like, 
like maybe like oh i need to go through your phone or something like that i would kind of feel like what the fuck why don't you trust me what did i do to violate our trust right. should i go through your phone yeah that yeah that's <laughs> yeah. my what i start what i might start and thinking. that's the thing a lot of times when people are starting to look at another person's phone they're projecting their own issue out on someone else they may be doing something themselves and they're trying to like even up like well not score. even even out or keep score it's like they're projecting their issue out on the other person so that the other person and this is gaslighting as, as well they're making it like constantly suspicious of the other person cheating as a way to distract the other person from looking at them and them and their cheating yes I, I agree with that. that. I understand that. I understand that, but what if... Never mind. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're well, doing... Yeah. I don't have anybody else. Question? No? No, no you answered it. All yeah. the questions. I answered a lot. I think we had a lot of great questions. And uh, did I see a Final Fantasy question on there? Yes, yes. there was. <laughs> Are you a Final <laughs> Fantasy fan? Yes, I am actually. All right, I so. was. I, I'm doing a playthrough of Final Fantasy Nine okay. right now. Okay. Okay, so this okay. one's a question for Final Fantasy Seven. If you had to ship three couples from Final Fantasy Seven, who would they be? Ship? Yeah. What do you mean by ship? Like put them in a relationship. Oh. Oh, geez. Uh, all three of them? <laughs> okay, uh, Red 13 and Barrett, obviously. Those two are a couple made in heaven. Okay. okay. Uh, th those guys snuggle on a daily basis, I'm convinced. Uh, okay. I uh, don't know who these people are. So. I would say uh, Vincent Valentine and uh, give them five years. Vincent and Yuffie would be a good couple. And then I would, just because uh, it's like, you know, do you go with experience and knowing a relationship between two people who have been together for a long ass time has a better chance of working? <laughs> or do you go with the relationship that's brand new, who's showing all of the love and fire? I, I would have to go Cloud and Aerith. Okay. Okay. I, I, wow. play, I play Cloud yeah, on uh, Super that's Smash Bros. His, that's his man right there, Cloud. <laughs> I'll, I'll fuck anybody up. On Is that. that like your game yeah, right now? Uh, I I played it when it came out the first time. Loved it. I, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. Six is still the best of all of them. I used to play them on the Game Boy. Nice, nice. nice. <laughs> I like. I I probably played them like at least like eight times yeah no that one uh six is great seven was the first video game that visually told the story in a way that like felt like it was really like it, it had some reality behind it six had a better story but uh, the visuals didn't match 10 was awesome as far as the visuals nine is the most underrated of them 12 is easily one of my favorites but that one gets shit on because the gameplay was different and it needed to be different um and uh 13 sucked ass. Uh, 14 <laughs> is the best MMO today, and 15 was okay. 15 had its moments. Are they on 15 right now? Uh, 15 just passed a couple years ago. They did the 7 remake. That one is awesome. That one was a great game. Uh, they're working on 16 now, and that one I'm looking forward to. Okay. What kind of games are you focused on right now? Are you uh, still gaming? Well, oh, hell yeah. I'm, uh, I, well, I was... I'm doing the uh, run through on Final Fantasy IX again. I play Rocket League a lot. E um, e I play, that's the one that, because uh, I'm an old basketball player, that's the only video game that gives me the same itch that basketball gave me. Uh, once my body couldn't do that stuff anymore, I, Rocket League was the only <laughs> game that made it so that my body physically moved to try to block a shot. Like I, before other games, I would just be sitting there. This is the first time that like, I'm like trying to do like a soccer block on a goal or some shit. True. You never got into like NBA 2K? Oh, I was a huge 2K fan. I used to kill everybody in 2K up until, no, I used to just like, cause I understood how the game used to work. And then it just, 
It changed. Well, for me, it got different. It got it got sad because I aged out. You know the creative player mode. There's yeah, a certain age you yeah. can't go past. And then what? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I was like, well, fuck, I'm too old now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I played it a couple more years after that. But then uh, they didn't make. There's no competition for it, so there's nothing motivating it to get any better. Yeah. It's just the same thing every year now. Yeah. And before, like, uh, players, I, I had the same problem with uh, Madden because up until 2005, you had uh, better football game on the market and it was uh 2k 2k football was better than madden by light years they were doing stuff like that too that madden still hasn't figured out like in helmet first person football yeah yeah they They did a season with that in 2005 they uh nfl signed the exclusive exclusive rights with madden and all the competition to madden went out the door all of the motivation for them to improve the product went went, went out the door mm-hmm. that's why we keep seeing lackluster stuff coming out of ea yeah. it's just like the they graphics don't they do yeah like ea wwe was lackluster a couple years ago and then they realized we need to actually put more work there's into no this. like oh, yeah. street football no more like, that's the big no part NBA where jam. that's the one i'm talking yeah, about none of those ea back <laughs> yeah. in the day it was sick they yeah. had a, a division of ea called ea big yeah yeah and yeah, that's the one where sss i have that in my room right now yeah, okay. i bought the xbox yeah. just for that game that's what the, where games like ssx came out yep. where that were just awesome games that was a uh, uh, where uh nba our uh, nfl blitz came out of and all of those games uh best basketball game of all time is one that came out of ea ea big it was NBA Street Volume Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh. I had that one in my room. I had that one. I, I had that it. one on PS2. I have it right here on PS2. Best right game, best basketball game ever made because that one actually got to the soul of basketball. That shit was sick. That one, that one, you didn't have like all of the other things. The other games were like, we're gonna try to make this look as real and as you know, like uh, as simulation like as possible. Yeah. And. They went, we're like, we're just going to get to what, like, the core and the soul of yeah. the game we was. We can punch each other, like, well, all and, that well, and they, that well, the soul of the game was, like, street ball. Yeah. They had street all the ball. real courts on it. Rucker yeah. was in it. They had all yeah. of that stuff. They made it so that it was about the street ball style. It was mm-hmm. about the, that game changed so much, and then it f- just disappeared because yeah. they just stopped. EA stopped trying to fund innovation and just went with these are the things that make us money and that's what we're gonna. Yeah, do. the last so the bad. last like EA like street was like 2010. Yeah, that's yeah, and that one was that one wasn't that yeah, good. It wasn't all the that. old ones are cool. Yeah, Volume yeah. Two is amazing and best soundtrack of any game that I've. That's the one with time. Marbury on the front, right? Is it? Was it? No, that was 2K. Marbury was on uh, Iverson and Marbury. I think were on 2K. The the one that had Volume Two, well, it had Doctor J on the. Cover. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with his fro, with his fro, with the fro. With the fro. Yeah. He's wearing sweats, right? Yeah, he's got yeah. the re- old uh, ABA red, white, and blue ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that shit was fucking it was sick. Yeah. Uh, um, I used to play all of the NBA games, and then uh, I think uh, 2K17, I just, I, it just wasn't yeah. hitting for me anymore. 16 yeah. was the last 16. Yeah, yeah, I stopped yeah, that 2K12. Yeah. 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 Plus, basketball took a different energy for me after Kobe died. I couldn't watch it the same. Oh, I, I was like, I was the most, I am the biggest basketball fan you'll probably ever meet. And I, after that happened, I couldn't, I could not watch a game. I, I, it just, wow. I couldn't watch. So what are your thoughts on LeBron? I know we're kind of going long into this. Oh, no problem. Uh, LeBron is from a physical aspect, the best player to ever play the game. His mentality is the one thing that stops him from being the actual best player ever. And because he just doesn't know when to take over. Well, no, it's just like the, uh, he shifted his approach later on 
and he started to become much more conscious of how like to take care of himself yeah, his body and and shit. but also like how to approach the game mm-hmm. like he matured yeah. where like I'm I wouldn't call Kobe the best player either Magic Johnson's the best player of all time and I what about Jordan? What about I Jordan? think LeBron's better than Magic. What about That's the thing. I think is a more improved. LeBron, LeBron Magic. has the tools off the bat to be better than Magic. He was more athletic, jumped yeah. higher. The thing is, Magic was smarter. So Magic and was smarter. This as is fuck. the thing. The argument that I always make with people with Kobe and Jordan is that Kobe was a better basketball player than Jordan. From a skills perspective, he knew how to do everything. He Jordan didn't have the capability of scoring 81 points in a game. Yeah. The thing is, Jordan was smarter. Jordan was like where Kobe would put himself in situations where he didn't have to, where he would have to be for, where he'd be forced to put up a shot that's like miraculous, and he'll he'll It'll make it. Sink. He'll yeah. still sink like, it. Oh shit! That's only Kobe can do that. How many crazy shots throughout Jordan's career have you seen him make that weren't like like uh, uh, the exception are the layups where he's going to the basket and he's like doing some acrobatic oh, layups? But how many sad. like fadeaways going out of bounds have we seen in Jordan highlights? Not that many. Nah, Those are all old. over Kobe highlights because Kobe wasn't as smart as Jordan was. Jordan knew how to get to his positions on the court and knew how not to get bumped off of him. He knew when to defer to the teammates more. Kobe figured that out later, way later. And the best season of his career got cut off because the the best season of his career, everybody likes it, like the 81 point, uh, that wasn't his best season. His best season was the the season where he tore his uh, his Achilles. He figured, up until that game, he had, I think, a, a streak of three games in a row where he had triple doubles and like getting like huge numbers, setting his personal career record, career best on assists and still putting up the numbers with the points. Like yeah. he was awesome. He's a shit. He was yeah. going off. And yeah. then the Achilles injury happened. And the, yeah. that, that for me was like I, it took yeah. the the part where for me. The arguments I had against Kobe's gameplay where it was like he, where he would try to take on the entire other team by himself, he finally figured out that the other some of the other teammates around him were actually good. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> Ron Artest. Rock, yeah. Like Ron yeah. Artest, all of them like Bynum. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Bynum, Bynum was cool. Bynum was dope. Yeah. What they do don't you? that's what sucks too. They don't have that team. Like they have every single other team like 07 um cleveland all of them like they're not Boston. they don't have that in any they of don't no they have it but oh. they they don't have like the old like kobe like when he was with bynum odom all that yeah i don't know why they don't have that that's that would be nice to see it would be because they have like jordan in almost yeah. every phase and of his now career. no and now they have on the game on 2k you can actually play jordan's uh well they had it in the past but they yeah, like, updated you could play as Jordan's career, like yeah. when he was at Syracuse, all that. Uh, that you mean North Carolina. North Carolina. Oh shit! <laughs> but North no, Carolina. He was, that's fuck. Uh, yeah. No, Carmelo Anthony went to Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the game I loved watching and playing 2K for a long time, but then the game just fizzled for me. I just couldn't. It just didn't feel right anymore. Yeah. Like it, it became, it became too easy to know like. If you draw a double team and kick it out, a guy will hit the open three. He'll have like you. If you play it enough, you can know how the game is going to react to things. Like yeah, you, yeah, you those are, good players. It'll give you like a boost in the game if you are wide open taking a shot. So if you draw a double team and then kick it out, the person who's kicking it out, if that person has a high assist rating, then that person He'll who's wide fire. open is gonna is gonna have a higher likelihood of making the shot. Yeah. 
So yeah. it's like you just had to know who to place in specific positions. Yeah, that's how it is. Like, yeah, you could do that in this 2K too. But last, oh, yeah. last question: Do you think Westbrook is shot? I'm. You have any faith in him this season? I never had any faith in him to begin with. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was it's one of the look. most freakish athletes <laughs> in NBA history. I've never For seen sure. a. I've never you seen a player the do most athletic point guard ever. Easily, easily. Sure. Huh? Sure. The problem was that he bought into that, and he didn't actually develop any game beyond that. Yeah. His, like usually, when like you hear about like westbrook and they say well he's not a three-point shooter you shouldn't expect that from him well he was good at mid-range for a while last year he was one of the worst mid-range shooters yeah, he, he shot was. shots like multiple shots over the backboard yeah the thing that happened was if you look at it he's not getting any lift on his shots he lost his legs he was going to the basket every time before everybody if he went to the basket he was dunking on yeah people. he was jumping. last year if he dunked it was like something that everybody was like whoa oh my god he dunked yeah like finally he's scared of being explosive well and that's he's just uh, it's not older. even scared he's just too old his body yeah. is not He's and not. other players know how to adapt their game and develop other parts of their game to make up for it when they get yeah. old. Kobe was an example of that. Kobe was good. Yeah, Jordan was. was an example of that. Uh, the Carl Malone, all of these guys that played later on were ones that knew how to adjust and adapt their game so they weren't relying on their athleticism or their yeah. physicality anymore. Dirk. Dirk, exactly. LeBron, I think. Too. Well, LeBron, he he's developed his game. Now, last year, he was one of the more effective three-point shooters the Lakers yeah. had, which yeah. wasn't yeah, saying Yeah, that's much. crazy. But they, but Westbrook, once uh, if he's not going to be able to shoot threes and he doesn't have the athleticism to finish at the basket, like he missed a ton of layups, his field goal percentage around the basket was one of the lowest in the league, it makes it so that, I'm sorry, he just didn't have, uh, how can we say he had it? He wasn't himself. But he, this is his he, first year, though. But no, his second. Uh, no, the, we're going into his this second is, year with yeah, the Lakers. But exactly. He was the highest paid player on the roster. But he didn't have bright lights shined on him before. He, this doesn't matter. Well, You're no, no, he, he, he's still paying him. Fucking. The NBA million. has bright lights. The thing is, it's the mentality he had, yeah. where it's like, get out of my way. I'm gonna take the ball and go, and everybody just get open. Where other coaches, and when he had the athleticism, he could get away with that. Because he could finish at the basket, he was yeah. fast enough and could jump high enough to do it. That's now, why everybody if he's not left finishing, him. Yeah, if he's not mm -hmm. finishing at the basket, then nobody's leaving the defenders. He's throwing the ball into the stands. <laughs> That's what we saw a lot of last year. Was he was getting more turnovers than just about anybody in the league. He can correct it though this year, I think. I it, hope so. Let's see. He, he will have to. Otherwise, to. his career's over. Yeah. Uh, effectively, yeah. it's over. Yeah. Nobody's gonna, gonna like, like, like he 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 may get He's those minute like he he get may, may get veteran minimum contracts after that. But if if it turns out where the Lakers have to waive him or they're like we can't deal with this anymore, he's gonna get a contract somewhere else. But he'll know that like his career at that point's over. Yeah, it's not yeah. gonna be the same. He just he needs to adjust and adapt for the for losing his legs. He's not getting any lift on his jump shots, and when you can see it when he's trying to finish at the rim. He's going up like he's trying to dunk, and then he's like six inches like too low on come, it, yeah, so then he's trying short. to adjust it to a layup, and it's bouncing off the rim. He's just, he doesn't have the old skill. He has to adapt his game. Mr. West. Or he just has to slow it down. That would be helpful. But that he would be helpful. Doesn't, but he doesn't okay. know that. But that's he the thing. Do that. Well, that's, that's, needs if you're not shooting from the, if you can't shoot from the outside, the middle, or the inside, <laughs> then all you if all you have is your athleticism and get whatever point on the court that you can get to, then you have to be a great passer. And he's just never been that. Yeah, but he could get rebounds like crazy. And that, he's that point guard. That is his one 
skill that he has above anybody else, he will get more rebounds and create more second attempts and opportunities for people. The problem is he's kind of part of the reason why they need so many second attempts and have so many missed <laughs> yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. So it's... This they is his worst year ever. It is. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt for next year, just because yeah. we'll see. I want West. the Lakers to strive. I, I want. I believe me. There's no bigger Laker fan out there, and I want them to win. But when they signed Westbrook, I was, or when they traded for Westbrook, I was like, that was a huge mistake. Yeah. Because <sighs> he's he he was Excuse never me. even when he had all the athleticism and had all star teammates. He couldn't figure out that they were the ones that needed to carry the load, and he's the guy that was the escape hatch. He kept yeah. trying to be the superstar. They were all and young, he, and yeah, yeah, and we I could think. give him that excuse, but that approach never changed. There's reasons why Durant didn't want to play with him anymore. Like this is his he first stayed. team, though. This he, is his first Lake. This no, first yeah, first Laker leaving. team. Yeah, but he also played with Durant and Harden in OKC. Yeah, yeah OKC is not a big it, like. Type of, but he, but it's not like he was born and raised in a small town. He's an LA guy. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, he, yeah. He knows what, and I, don't, I like he goes to like uh, all these model, uh, all these uh, like you know fashion weeks and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Go work he's on your he's used, used to, he is yeah. used to <laughs> all lights. of that, all yeah, the lights. Yeah. The problem is that he had started to insist on his athleticism and thinking that it was always going to be there, and it's not. And he has to develop something new. The footage that I've been seeing of him, like hitting five, six three pointers in a row practice great sign love seeing that it's a different it, it's a different thing when you're doing it at game speed if you notice when he's shooting those shots in those highlights he's not getting any lift on those shots he's if he adjusted his shot to account for his lack of athleticism then that might actually be something good okay that yeah. might work i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt this year because yeah, i'm probably the only person with his fucking jersey in my and room. he's got a lot to prove <laughs> he does La have a lot last to prove. year he made uh, he didn't play up to his own standard yeah. So he needs to be able to like he has something to prove, and there's a lot of money riding on it for him mm -hmm. too, yeah, yeah. because this is a contract here for him. Prove the it. next he ha he is the highest paid player on the roster right now. That next how he plays next year determines how much he makes going on his last big contract. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's going to want to cash out on something big, and yeah. if he plays like shit this year or gets waived or something, that next contract's going to be. So moving. then he knows he has to play his heart out. This yeah. yeah, yeah, he has something to prove, and I'm waiting to see how that works. Oh, did I too. want? Did I want him, the Lakers to trade him? Absolutely. Would I have traded him for uh, a roll of athletic tape in a heartbeat? I would have gotten more use out of him on this team, out of uh, a roll of athletic tape than Westbrook on a team with four other point guards. Everybody deserves a second chance. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. But they have four other point guards. They have. Pat Patrick, Bev, yeah. they got Schroeder, Schroeder back. They got a bunch of other people who are Shit, competing for that. They got Braun that could almost run exactly. It by they got Braun. Yeah, well, THT got he's oh, gone. He he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's I would have I would have traded for not a superstar, two or three legit Youngies. players that can actually like shoot and fill the roles, mm -hmm. play Role some players. defense. Because Lakers sucked on defense last year and couldn't hit an outside shot. Hey, but no, what about Davis? Davis is a glass he man was, for the he's, he's, He was hurt most of last year. Yeah, yeah so you got to give Westbrook credit for at least being there at every damn game. Absolutely, but... He's never missed a how game much in credit, his NBA career. How much credit do we give the guy for showing Westbrook? up? Well, how much... Not, not, yeah. okay. How much, credit do we, how much do we credit do we give the guy who shows up to play in almost every game when the record is 33 and 49. 
Well, we're, we're it's almost, it's almost like even better. It's like, yay, yeah, you yeah. showed up to suck. Yeah. <laughs> and, but AD's like, injuring himself yeah. every. And the Lakers, part of the problem was the injuries, absolutely. But the the problems that existed with Westbrook were there from the moment he walked in, the first game, and they never changed. It's just at the end, it's like, are we is Westbrook going to come in and work with this team that had already won a championship with each other, or is he going to come in and then everybody's going to say, okay, well he's going to do what he's going to do. And that's what ended up happening. The Lakers tried to get him to bend, and he was like, no, I'm doing it my way. And then players got injured, and it ma- made it so that he had more space to just do whatever he want and still not win. Didn't work. Yeah, they didn't win. And that, at the end of the day, is what people – like, a guy worth $47 million in the NBA should be worth at least a playoff berth. Yeah, True. I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. Westbrook, you have a lot of shit to prove. Yes. He does. And I, I, I have a lot of hope. But at the same time, I also know the Lakers are shopping him, and I will not be mad if they deal him. I hope they don't. They are. I hope they trade as us. No, fuck you. They are. Leave him alone. <laughs> well, we want to thank you, Sam, for coming on our podcast. Hey, I, I'm. This is the most fun I've had in fucking years. I'm oh, glad yeah, you came. That's had. amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad you came. I honestly, like, wanted to go yeah. more in on the basketball yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, oh god, yeah, but believe but me, I can go in on basketball all day. We could Basically. probably do a part two. Yeah. Something like Hopefully that. Hopefully soon. Also, Hopefully. too, if um any of our followers want to seek your help, like, how do they get into contact with you? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, on uh, psychologytoday.com, you can go and find my profile on there. It's Sam Zia. Uh, if you want my uh my license number it's one zero six three five two you can find me on there if you uh have any questions uh reach me reach me on social media if you just want to ask me quick questions like mental health questions or whatever i'm more than happy to help sounds good Uh, everything will be um in the description perfect so So, if you need help if you want to talk to him Link right there. Make hey, sure Sam, to check uh, him out. He's been yeah, a, yeah. Mr. Sam, amazing. An not amazing. O- yes. Not only a therapist, but also a basketball analyst. Oh yeah, thank analyst. You. That was sorry. how I got my start in radio. I swear, it's like I've been doing basketball longer than I've been doing mental health stuff. Hey, <laughs> you gotta this come coach us then. Oh, I can talk about I it. Need bring, I, I need to bring out the the PlayStation so we can play. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, Let's do this. Fun <laughs> podcast. Well, right. thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Sam. Love you guys. Have a good one. Have a good night.